genre. Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today we are continuing our mini series on the X Men franchise with 2009's spin off prequel, X Men Origins Wolverine. And we have a guest joining us to talk about bone claws, leather jackets, and the Merc without a mouth is fellow podcaster Travis Bowe. Welcome to the show, Travis. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So what's your background with the X-Men? Did you grow up a fan? And what did you think about these movies when they started coming out? Because I think we're about the same age, roughly. So I'm sure you were about my age and probably pumped for these movies to come out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My my entry, like so many other kids into X-Men, was the cartoon, the uh, the 90s Fox cartoon, of course. And then the Jim Lee Skybox trading cards... of x-men is kind of what got me into trading cards and then that led to comic books yeah Um, it all kind of blends together like around that same time those card trading cards had a big part of of my getting into comics and then the the first movie came out i was of course excited about it and saw it the night before my sister's wedding and I know that because that was kind of the bachelor party. I mean, me and and, and her then husband, you know, we went and saw this movie and, and like that's so I always remember like that day was, you know, <laughs> strap in, fellas. We're going to go see a movie. It's the last time I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, those first couple of movies were just so great. And yeah. then, you know. We the quality decline a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was this was a franchise I was uh, a big fan of. Now, I, you know, you're the first person to mention those cards, mm. and I'm I'm realizing now you just like slam me in the head with a bunch of memories of yeah. collecting those cards. I would buy them from Blockbuster of oh, all okay. places. I don't know why they had those cards, but they did, and I would buy them every time. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think you know, I think with those cards, I think what it is is when you're. When you're a kid and you look at comics and like I, I would get a, an occasional comic, right? But it was like, you know, as we've talked about on the show before, you know, you'd, you know, you'd pop into like a six part story or a 12 part story, God forbid. And then you'd just be like, I don't know what's going on, but the yeah. pictures are nice. Yeah. And, and with the cards, they're not as intimidating because it's like you get the cool picture and, and then you the, flip on the back and you yep. get like a history yep. and you get like stats and all of that stuff. So you get to absorb all of this nerdy information, right? which then just helps you when you go back to trying to read comics later, because then suddenly you know who these, who these people are that yeah. you're reading about. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of what previous guests on the show, Billy McCartney said about, I think if I'm remembering correctly, his mom gifted him 
one of those like big encyclopedia Costco books. Yeah. Okay. Right. Where it'd be like Colossus or like yeah. the Hellfire Club. Yeah. And like yeah. as a kid, it was weirdly through that that I absorbed a lot of media or like mythos, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that when I did finally like watch an episode of the X-Men or whatever, I was like, oh, that's Archangel. Or, <laughs> yeah. I, I know what's going on. Another, yeah, yeah, yeah. another thing that helped me, and I've never never saw it for anything else, but we were at a Costco actually, or Sam's Club, and they had this big package that it was it was eleven by seventeen, but it really just contained a CD. But packaging, of course, you know we have to make it mm -hmm. big. And you get it home, and it's it was a CD ROM, you know, so you put it in the computer, and it's kind of just a database of. X-Men, it was basically the information that you would get out of the Marvel, what were they called? The Marvel Guide. Um, yeah, the book oh, the, like the A to Z thing? X yeah. yeah, it's just an encyclopedia, but because yeah. it's a CD-ROM, you click on Colossus, and it'll take you to an animated segment of his appearance in the, the cartoon, you know? Oh, yeah. His introduction, and they did that, you know, for... Nightcrawler and Cyclops, and we, yeah. so it was just an encyclopedia on, on a yeah. CD-ROM for for X Men. So it's like a Pokedex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, other thing I remember about those cards too, I remember specifically getting one pack of cards, and I don't, I didn't know what I was getting. I just got comic cards, and then I got home and I opened the pack, and it was all the female X-Men in bikinis. And I, <laughs> yeah. it, was like a, it was like a swimsuit, swimsuit issue yep. of like trading cards. Right. And uh, I got those taken away from me. But <laughs> I, was, I was fine with it, because I was like, I don't know what this... Why, why are yeah. they all wearing swimsuits? <laughs> it's very 90s. Yeah, I was like a little kid, you know? Uh -huh. So I was like, yeah. I don't know what this is. I didn't mean to get this. <laughs> you know, I remember when like the Power of Ten House of X books were coming out. Yeah. When mm. I went to my local comic book shop, you got like a pack of cards when you got the book. Oh, oh really? Nice. And and kind of had like the, all the new Krakoa information on it. That's cool. Oh, I'd like that. That is cool. <clears throat> That's now such a great of, series. It is. Yeah. That seems uh, putting putting uh, trading cards with extra exposition on them seems like a real Hickman thing to do. <laughs> yeah. To be honest. That's yeah. <laughs> so so Travis when uh when when this movie came out X-Men Origins Wolverine do you remember the lead up to it coming out at all and and what did you think when you finally saw it At that time I definitely would have been very into scouring you know sites like superhero hype and uh, what's the other one? Ain't it cool? Oh, you know, yeah, every day. I forgot about yeah, that one. Wow. Every day, just going to those sites, you know, to scour any yeah. kind of information for Dark Knight and you know this stuff and Indiana Jones and just every you know, yeah. uh, Iron Man, all that stuff coming out. So I was one of those people just there every day looking for any nugget of information. So definitely did that leading up to this, and. I, I actually have a one of one of my favorite friend date stories, you know, it involves this movie. She came over, we hung out, we got high, because I did that at the time. Um <laughs> we played some Mario Kart and then we went to see I don't remember the order of which we saw these, because Star Trek also came out they were at least right. in theater at the same time. Right. Um so we saw either Star Trek or Wolverine and then we went to Subway, got sandwiches, and then came back to the theater and watched the other movie. So it was just a good day of hanging out with a friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's how I saw X-Men Origins Wolverine. So That's probably just, the chillest way you could possibly yeah, see this movie. Yeah, so I'll never <laughs> yeah. forget that, and it's just a, always a good memory. So Yeah, yeah. What about you, Nick? 
I saw this by myself. I remember that. Mm. But I was like riding off of the high of the previous week. It's weird that I, of like, uh, of J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie. Mm. Yeah. Of, gosh, maybe I'm getting that right. Because like I, I looked it up. Did this movie come out like May 1st? Yes. Okay, maybe I'm getting my timing wrong. I just remember being really disappointed when this came out. Mm. Yeah. I remember coming out of Last Stand and being like, that was fun. Sure. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. We had fun. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, we? didn't we? You had fun, right, Nick? It was a fun time. <laughs> fun stuff happened. It was, it was fun. And even yeah. kind of like Spider-Man 3, mm. I was like, there was some cool stuff in yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was flawed. But then this, came, and I was like, okay, that was, that, was, <laughs> that was rough. Yeah. And I actually hadn't revisited it until for mm. this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, me either. This has been kind of like the feather in my cap of like this is the worst comic book movie Uh, okay i don't disagree that things like daredevil and like electra and catwoman obviously are worse but they're no one expects those to be great (laughs) yeah you wanted this one to be good yeah it it was like maybe it's not the worst but it's the most disappointing and it's the Mm. biggest step down those were all single step movies Mm. right where it's like oh they screwed up first out the door but this one was right. was like we're the fourth movie in. How did you guys screw this up so hard? You Especially know? with it being you know you're taking the most popular character, yeah, with now this actor who is you know top of his game. You can't do any wrong, and then yeah, almost you give a him- decade into the role at this point, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a lot riding on this one. Yeah. I mean, at this time, you know, 2009, this is, I'm, I'm going to the comic book shop every week. Yeah. I have a pull list. You're I'm, I'm like heavy into comics and I'm like going to the shop. I'm talking about all the movies coming out. And I remember when the leak happened and I'm going to get oh, yeah. deeper into the leak with this one, but, uh, there's a work print lead of leak of this movie that comes out two months before the movie hits theaters. And I remember my comic book shop guy, actually, Travis, I think you know him, okay. or maybe you did at the time, but it was Downtown Comics okay. in Greenwood. Yep. And I just came in one day, and he was watching the work print <laughs> on the TV yep. in the shop. Okay. And was just like, look, just every person that came in, he would just be like, look at this piece of shit. Oh, so wow. Look at this. rock about that in a weird Man. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and, yeah, uh, I can, I can, I know who you're talking about. I can see him doing that. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And so, so I knew that this already had a bad reputation even before it came out, and I saw it. And yeah, it was. I mean, it's abysmal. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird because at first the movie starts out and you're like, okay, okay, you know, like that. You got the opening credit sequence as we'll go into, mm-hmm. and you know, you start off and you're like, yeah, this isn't going to be so bad, and then it just. It's just a steady trek downhill. And then by the time you get to the third of the act of the movie, you're just like, I don't even know what I'm watching anymore. What the hell is this? While we're sharing like late 2000s film nerd yeah. kind of memories, I remember back when you would people would record Comic-Con footage on their yeah. phone mm. and you would get that crowd reaction. Yeah. And it was almost more for that because you could barely hear what was going on on the screen. Yeah. Right. I remember watching that for this movie and the crowd reactions yeah to like i'm gonna cut your goddamn head off and <laughs> like the yeah. roar yeah and that got me hyped which i think in retrospect only kind of kind of gutted me more when i saw it right i was kind of disappointed gutted you with the adamantium cloth <laughs> sure <laughs> so this movie the journey of this film began in 2004 when david benioff 
got a seven-figure deal to write the Wolverine spinoff. At the time, he was known for Troy. Okay. He would later, of course, grow a, a writing partner and, you know, co-showrun. Co <laughs> like co-showrun like <laughs> yeah, co, co Game of Thrones. Hmm. And we all know how that ended. Hmm. But at the time, he was a solo writer. He had written Troy. I guess that was enough of a hit that uh, he was given seven figures to write this spinoff Wolverine, mm. as if they couldn't find another writer that would have been a lot cheaper, that would have been, you know, chomping at the bit to, yeah. to write a Wolverine movie. So when he took on the movie, he was basing his script on Weapon X by Barry Windsor Smith, Origin by Paul Jenkins and Andy Kubert, which was like fresh at the yeah. time. Um, that was like just coming out, just starting to come out. And I think that's why there's not a lot of it in the movie mm. is, is because that was so fresh. And so it was just, they basically just added a prologue. Right. That was the adaptation of origin. I just read that story this week, just kind of in prep so for did this. I. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very different. Yeah. yeah. And then a little bit of the Wolverine miniseries from Frank Miller and Chris Claremont. Although, you know, obviously very little of that. Yeah, enters into play here. That more comes into play in the next movie, other than one one line in particular, which we'll get to in the walkthrough. But yeah, so he he does this and he writes a movie and he's like, "Look, I don't know if you guys have read Weapon X, but the thing about Weapon X is one, it's not very good. The artwork is great. I mean, it's Barry Windsor Smith, so it's mm. cl classic eighties yeah. nineties artwork. But the writing is not good because he wrote it himself, and it's." Just a lot of doctors and scientists talking in narration bo boxes while Logan wakes up and terrorizes the Weapon X compound okay. like he's Michael Myers. <laughs> and then you find out that the whole thing was a virtual reality simulation. Yeah. And then he does it for real. So it's literally a fake version. And then they do the real version. So he kills everybody twice. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's it. That's the whole miniseries. There's no, you don't get into his character at all. It's just what all the nineties kids wanted, which was just like lots of blood, lots of violence. And uh, what if Wolverine was Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees? Like that's basically what it is. And so there's not a lot there. And then you have, you know, Origin, which is the solo a Star Wars story of Wolverine comics, yeah. where it's just like, why is he into redheads? Well, you see, he had a relationship with a redhead. Oh, okay. So that's why he likes Jean Grey. Yeah. The but, Santa Claus is coming to town of Wolverine. Big time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, you know, how did he get his name Logan? Well, <laughs> the groundskeeper. Um, yeah. His groundskeeper's name was Logan and the redhead named him Logan when he didn't have a name anymore after his family abandoned him. And, you know, it's, it's just like all of the things. What are the questions no one's asked about Wolverine? Well, let's just go ahead and check all those yeah. boxes. Yeah, it's bad. Um, it's not. It's not very good. It's really not very good. So you know, uh, he writes this script, and he decides that what he wants to change this into is a conversation about PTSD. Hugh Jackman, who had just started his production company, wanted this to be a character-driven movie more so than the other movies, as if he wasn't the protagonist of each of those uh, already. He was like, I really want this to be focused on my character this time. <laughs> Come on, guys, give me a chance. <laughs> yeah. Give me some and, screen time, please. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he wanted this to be a very character-centric movie and, and talked to Benioff about that, and they decided that 
Well, if Wolverine's been around for a while, he would probably have been in a lot of wars, and as a result, would probably have a lot of PTSD. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about PTSD and focus on that. And also, let's make the violence real. Let's make the violence really hardcore and so that you feel it and you understand the pain that he feels as a character because of all the violence that he's caused in his life. I like violence, Mr. Jackman, as a writer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so that's the script that he writes. And he sends it to Fox. And Fox is basically like, what the hell is this? Mm. Rothman, good old, good old Rothman. Tom Rothman, yeah. Yeah, was not into it because he was like, no one cares about these heavy themes. They're there for a comic book movie. Mm. What are you doing? Nobody wants this. They want Weapon X. They want that comic on screen where there's no depth. It's just action and nothing else. And so they dump David Benioff. And they bring in, first, David Ayer is the first person to come in. So David Ayer comes in, does a rewrite, and sort of dumbs it down a little bit, because that's what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And so he took out a lot of the PTSD Mm -hmm. stuff. He just sort of- Does Logan go to East LA? Uh, yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. He should, though. And that's, that's a fish out of water story I'd like to see. Wolverine in East LA. Uh, yeah. And he changes it to something closer to a PG-13. They're still concerned about the, viol- the amount of violence or the type of violence in the comic. And at this point, they're starting to go out to directors. And they're bringing in people like, first of all, Singer and Ratner, both interested in returning. Both were turned down. Rothman mad at Singer for bailing on X3 and going to do Superman, was like, no, you're never going to work for Fox again. And Ratner made a movie that no one liked. So, no. Yeah. And instead, they started going out to people like Alexandra Aja, who had done... The Hills Have Eyes? Yeah, Hills Have Eyes and High Tension Mm. was like his big... That was his big calling card movie at the time, the thing that put him on the map. Len Wiseman had expressed interest in in coming on and then but they offered the movie once again <laughs> carrying on from uh, the last stand they offered the movie once again to Zack Snyder who turned it oh. down to do Watchmen uh, <laughs> that could that just thinking about that is really cool I know I, yeah yeah I kind of yeah. want to see that movie written by David Ayer <laughs> well I wouldn't want Zack Snyder's Watchmen for what it is as like a like yeah. almost like a page to page yeah but you know Wolverine remake of is the so comic. square in Zack Snyder's Snyder's oh big time especially this Part of his story yeah. um, is, is big time Zack Snyder vibes. Yeah. But yeah, so he turns it down because he wants to do Watchmen instead, which, you know, in retrospect, might have been a bad idea for his career. He kind of had to start over after Watchmen because Watchmen was kind of a bomb yeah. in terms of like how much it cost versus how much it made. Yeah, it didn't rocket him into, you know, the next big project for right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like if I look at x-men origins wolverine and then i think about army of the mm. dead like i can see a lot of similarities and like vibes and and things like that so anyway so they're looking for a director and then they bring in a new writer skip woods who had written swordfish having worked with hugh jackman before and most recently hitman which fox thought was going to be a huge hit yeah. they're like this is the guy this is the new guy you know tom rothman knows movies and he knows hitman's gonna be huge and this guy's gonna be the next big guy <laughs> and so they bring in skip woods to do what's called the pg-13 draft mm. and that is you know very close to the movie that we end up with and then basically hugh jackman goes and sees a movie called satsi um I tootsie. Think, yeah to- oh it's called tootsie tootsie Sotsi. Tootsie. Tootsie. And uh, T-S-O-T-S-I. I remember when this was coming out, this was like a really big yeah. like festival hit. Yeah, yeah. 
So he goes and see the, sees this movie, and Jackman's like, I see a lot of Logan in this movie, hmm. and so I want this guy to direct this movie. And so they end up going to Gavin Hood, who is the director of this, and bringing him on board. He's a French director. With, this will be his first, I think, English-language film. I think he would only do one more after this before uh, retreating back didn't, to his Didn't he direct Ender's Game? Language. Yes, that's yeah. what he did after this. So just one... One gut Golly. punch after another. That's um, too bad. Yeah. yeah. So Gavin Hood comes on as the director. And then at this time, the 2007-2008 writer's strike is about to happen. And so in the weeks preceding the writer's strike, the very last minute, I'm talking last two weeks before the writer's strike is due to begin, they bring in James Vanderbilt and Scott Silver to do final production rewrites on this at the very last minute because the script still isn't really working. James Vanderbilt writes half of it. Scott Silver writes the other half. They like tag team it basically and do these final rewrites. And then before they are finished doing their rewrites, the writer's strike gets executed and no one can touch this script now. And so at that point, they're like, okay, I guess this is what we're shooting. And so they start shooting the movie. And Gavin Hood is making a movie that he and Jackman had agreed on of like a movie about PTSD and a movie about violence. A a character study. Yeah, character study. Exactly. And dailies start coming in and good old Tom Rothman is like, this movie sucks. It's boring. Nobody wants this. And so he sends producers down to the set and they start getting involved Hmm. and basically backseat directing the whole thing with Gavin Hood. And it's. I mean, it's not a good time for anybody. Uh, everybody hates this. And unfortunately, you know, it's a thing. My theory on, on what happened here is that Jackman starts this production company, right? And now he is in a leadership role. He becomes an executive producer of the movie. And he has this production company. He has power. But I don't think he's in a position where he knows what to do with it yet. And so we've seen things like actors with production companies who go see a movie and they're like, this is the guy that I want to do the next thing in my franchise. Tom Cruise does it all the time. That's what every Mission Impossible movie is, right? But the difference is that Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise and Hugh Jackman wasn't Tom Cruise at this point. He hadn't built up that power. He hadn't built up that sort of cinephile nature that Tom Cruise has. And he hadn't built up the... He wasn't quite the it, now in 2021 he's almost become like an elder statesman mm. kind of like tom cruise like well that's hugh jackman he's, right he's been he, he knows what he's doing right like but, but yeah, at the time moviegoers loved him but he probably hadn't right. made all the connections behind the scenes and in exactly. in and around the production level exactly so when a mission possible movie gets made with a director like jj abrams for example who has never made a movie before and he brings them in it's going to still be J.J. Abrams' movie because Tom Cruise can go to bat for him and be like, no, this is the movie we're making. Back off my boy. I'm Tom, let him Cru- make his- I'm, I'm Tom Cruise. I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> if you want me in this movie, let him make his movie. I'm, because- I'm 2006 Tom Cruise. <laughs> right, right. This is the movie that I want to make, so leave him alone. And Hugh Jackman isn't in a position to be able to do that yet. And so you have that side of things where you know Hugh Jackman doesn't have the power to have Gavin Hood's back. Then there's the added thing, which is the gross part, which is unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but, you know, unfortunately, because of society and the the grossness of Hollywood, Gavin Hood is a foreign guy who is coming over making his first English language movie 
He gets yeah. taken advantage of and just put to task by these American execs. Yeah, Hollywood super insular. Oh, super insular. I mean, look at what happened on Green Hornet with Michel Gondry. Michel Gondry and before him, the Shaolin soccer guy. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's an idiot. And he's like, no, he's not an idiot. He just, English isn't his first language. Or, yeah, different countries have different, like, kind yeah. of cultures on the set or different ways of working. Right, right. And it's not just that. It's just that, like, yeah, he's not going to understand you raising your English voice at him and thinking, like, that's enough right. to, like, like now you should be able to understand me. I'm talking slower and yelling at you. And it's, it's interesting like, looking yeah. at that narrative of each successive Wolverine movie. Jackman's able to get a little bit sharper. Yep. And, and he's able to be a little bit thing like imagine like oh nine Hugh Jackman saying, like, I want this to be rated R and right. he curses and he's sad and depressed and all of his friends are dead. Yeah. But when we get to twenty seventeen <laughs> he's able to pull that off well yeah. yeah and and i mean part of that too is i think tom rothman isn't in the picture anymore oh very true uh, very, very but true. but but yeah i mean tom rothman he was an asshole i mean there's no other way to say it like he that's he's a legendary hollywood asshole mm. and one of those producers who don't know what they're talking about but thinks that they do and refuses to back down on what they believe audiences want and ultimately so, so the producers were on his ass the whole shoot yep the whole shoot the whole shoot and would do second unit stuff behind his back and just i mean really just took the movie away from him and then they put together a cut and this cut which is a work print ends up getting leaked no one knows exactly how the leak happened it was your friend but it has um my friend you're, you're the kind of comic books. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, he did it. Um, yeah. But the the leak happens and it has a Rising Sun Pictures logo in it, like a watermark, um, which is an Australian visual effects company that worked on the movie. So we think that they everybody thinks that the leak sort of came from there, but no one knows who's responsible exactly, because what happened was they tracked it down to a man named uh, Gilberto Sanchez, who leaked the movie onto like torrent sites and everything else. But when they raided his apartment and, and, you know, dragged him into court and everything, he was like, I did it. I did do that. But I bought the DVD from like a Korean man on the street, oh, wow. like in, in New York. Like it's not, I, I don't know where out. he got it. Yeah. It was already out in physical copies. Wow. Like I'm the one who put it on the internet. That's true. But you know, I'm not the one responsible. <laughs> But he is res- the one responsible for 15 million illegal downloads wow. of this movie before the movie hit theaters. This comes out on March 31st, 2009. This, this leak happens. I believe they even pushed out the movie f- sooner. They rushed the movie out into theaters. That, so sound, that, le- that sounds familiar. Yeah. It was like supposed to come out, I think, Memorial Day weekend, and they pushed it up to May 1st at the last minute after this leak happened. Because they're like... If we don't get this movie out, everyone will have seen the illegal one and we will make no money. So they push the movie out. And as a result of pushing the movie out, none of the visual effects are done. And so we get things like Wolverine having literally cartoon claws, like two-dimensional... Like like Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit, 95 Space Jam or 96 Space Jam cartoon claws that come out of his hand. I mean, it really looks like you could open up a bin of the dip and stick these claws in the dip, and they would scream as they yeah. were melting, <laughs> like that level of cartoon. But really, um, in only in like one scene, 
I think. Two. Yeah. I would say two. Okay. Two scenes. The the bathroom scene, yeah. and then there's a scene. The gambit um, scene? Where you slashing the... Oh, ladder. that yeah. looks really bad, too. That but does. I was actually thinking the helicopter fight. Oh, I like oh. the helicopter fight. The, heli- <laughs> the helicopter fight looks looks okay, except for oh, his claws. His claws still look like cartoons yeah. in certain shots. And that's the thing. Basically, the work print leaks, yeah. and, and Tom Rothman is like, hey, you know, it's not even the full movie. We went and did reshoots. There's 10 minutes of movie that is not in that work print that you're going to see in theaters. Oh. And then the movie came out, and it was the work print. I mean, literally, the work print without the watermark. Mm. You know, they didn't add any extra visual. F- Basically, they stopped spending money on the movie at that point. Uh. Because they were just like, what's the point? Everyone's already seen this. Let's just release this. So it was a real Mortal Kombat apocalypse situation where they released a movie in theaters with visual effects that were not complete. And, and it all was because of this work print leak. The, the release of the, the production of this movie was rough. And then the work print happened. So the release of the movie was rough. Wow. I mean, it got torn apart by critics with good reason. It's not very good. Fans. Yeah, fans, everybody. I don't know anyone who is like, no, X-Men Origins Wolverine is good, actually. I, know, I knew one person who said that. And then I was talking about parts of the movie and he was like, oh, I thought you were talking about the Wolverine. Oh, no, no, that movie sucks. Like, it's, it's like, like everybody. 20% of the Deadpool jokes are about this movie. Yes. Mm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, and the Deadpool thing happened. I mean, you know, well, I'll get into it when I get to Deadpool as well. But mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds was working on a Deadpool movie with um, David Goyer oh. for like a few years. Yeah. And then Blade Trinity happened and the Deadpool thing went away. So I worked then, on the Hannibal King movie. Yeah. Right. And then that fought, fell away. And then he was like, well, I did really like I did really want to play Deadpool. And he's in this movie. So can I just play him in the movie? And Same they're like, character. yeah, sure. Um, and then they, they, that's how he got in the movie, but, uh, he regrets it. At the same time, I don't need, know that the narrative around Deadpool would have been the same had this movie not existed with him playing the part, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like, I feel like, I Everything feel like Deadpool. for a reason. Yeah, 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 exactly. I feel like Deadpool doesn't happen if he's not in this movie first in this like bad version of Deadpool. Right. Um, highlight, arguably. You know, up until it's the low light. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah, it's actually sure. him. Yeah, being yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's talk about this work print that they released <laughs> in theaters. Yeah, and we'll get into it. And I want to say just off the just as a kind of a mini preamble is there are parts of this that are really fun and yeah. Even I think I enjoyed it a little more than I did back in 09, maybe because of my expectations are so. I actually don't know if this is like worse than Last Stand. Mm. I'll. Uh, yeah, I don't know that it is either. I think you might be right there. Yeah. Um, I think Travis, they're about equal. Yeah. I, th- I think this is better than Last Stand. And I will say I had a lot of fun with this uh, this yeah. time this time around. I mean, it's definitely one of those movies that in my head, because I haven't seen it for probably five to ten years. Easy. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have spoken very highly of it. I, there were some moments that are fun. This time around, I just... I've been in a different headspace in the last couple yeah. of years because I just uh, did a back-to-back of the Fantastic Four movies, the Tim Story movies, sure. and had a blast watching those. They're so fun. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I just want to watch things and enjoy them. I don't <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> I watched this and I wasn't picking it apart. You know, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, that's this is awesome, you know. So – I, I, that's that's where I'll preface, yeah. you know, all yeah. this with that. Just I, I, I had fun with this. 
Yeah. I actually found myself comparing it a lot this time to something like Commando. Mm, sure. You know, like a straight up action movie, super action, like the Marine. Mm. Yeah. And it's, I love how, un- I like how unironic it is. Yeah. Right, have we ever gotten a movie after this where a guy unironically is holding his dead wife and wailing up at the sky? <laughs> yeah. And it's not like played tongue in cheek or right. I, he literally walks away from an explosion. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, he does. Uh, but we, before all that, listeners, we began uh, in 1845 <laughs> in Canada. As you do. Yeah. Right? Like you do. In the uh, Northern so, Territories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So James Howlett mm-hmm. is like this little boy and he has a fever. He's got a half brother. Does he even know he that He doesn't yet? know that at that point. That. Okay, so Victor's just like some asshole kid. Yeah. Yeah. I think, am I mistaken, or in origin, is Dog supposed to be Sabretooth? And if he is, he's not his brother in the right. in origin. Right. Although, yeah. I, I think what they were trying to insinuate, just visually, in that origin story, because that Thomas Logan looks identical to right. future Wolverine Logan. Like, I right. think he is his father. So yeah, I do I, think Dog is his half brother, brother. Yeah. i don't think that's meant to be victor creed Sabretooth. so yeah oh okay i i couldn't figure out a saber isn't in the origin comic i it i yeah well i mean it's not implicit like oh, okay. yeah in in terms of like whether it is him or not he does kind of look like him when he comes back at the end but yeah. he has the scar across his face and Sabretooth has healing factors so i guess that's not him uh, uh, yeah but it's it is unclear but in in general i think you're right but then at the same time, I thought, where are they just trying to throw us off? Because the mm. reveal is that he is Wolverine and not Dog. Right. Like, That's, the idea yeah. is like in the first issue, you're supposed to think the dog is Wolverine. Yeah. And then the the last page is the the rich like Yeah, the, it can't the, be the, this sickly fancy lad that yeah. grows up to be Logan. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> then right. the little sick fancy lad has like bone claws. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So like I couldn't I could well, I can't figure out which one it was, which mm. one it was supposed to be in terms of like what they were trying to set up. Were right. they was it a was it a red herring or yeah, are totally. are they trying to say that the only reason Logan, the, the gardener guy, is around is because this guy's his, this kid's his son and he's in love with the mom or something. I yeah, I think, that's the, I think that's the whole thing. Okay. okay. In, in any event, Logan's, uh, James's father yes. is like comforting him, throws some shade at Victor, just right <laughs> at the get-go. Hey, fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> I, young Victor is so, I don't know, I just like immediately from the, I think the first frame of this movie is just setting him up to be like a, a villain. Hmm. He's yeah. like sneering at this sick child. Well, yeah. I think he's he's trimming his his nails, which are already kind yeah. of claw like. Yeah. yeah, very sketchy. Yeah, very. Yeah, in general, I think this whole opening sequence. So that man is the gardener. Yeah, no. the man that comes downstairs with a gun. Yes. Yeah, yes. gardener, landscaper, groundskeeper, groundskeeper. groundskeeper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's the guy who kills Logan's father. Right. Yes. James's father, but then right. he's like, That wasn't your palm, your pop. <laughs> but it's too late. Son. He's already been stabbed by bone. He's already <laughs> been bone clawed. I love these two actors that they got to play the fathers because they look like the gardener guy looks kind of l- enough like Lev Schreiber and and the yeah. other guy playing Logan's dad, you know, looks kind of enough, enough like Hugh Jackman. So I kind of like that. Yeah, enough that when he first popped on screen in his very first shot, I thought it was Hugh Jackman, okay. like playing it. And then they do a close up, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what a yeah. great move that would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a prestige level uh, switcheroo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. Uh, I appreciated that James's first kill 
is the classic claws to the stomach mm-hmm. direct eye contact. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The berserker rage move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah. So in general, I think this is just enough of the origin comic. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we needed anything more from the origin comic than that. Yeah. Um, and I love all the stuff that they do with the wartime stuff in a second. Yeah. Way more than anything that's in the origin. Absolutely. Book. Yeah. I remember that was kind of my first disappointment of so the opening credit so he runs off, Victor follows James and he's like, You and me, man, we're brothers now. We're, we're brothers, Jimmy. That means we look out for each other. <laughs> yeah. Just join the army forever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and they fight and, and I remember uh going back to that comic. But only American ones. Only <laughs> yeah. American ones. <laughs> That's true. That's so weird. Uh in the in the trailer, they they show like he's he was on in Normandy Beach. Yeah, he, he was in Nam, and I was really excited mm-hmm. for like superhero Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you know, and because I thought it was just like a credit sequence, and then we were gonna go back and start seeing all of it. Oh okay. yeah, I didn't know that it was just like a transition. That was and, it right there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so like, it all looks great, and and, yeah. and Hugh, Hugh yeah. Jackman and Lee Schreiber look really cool. I was just like, well, this is. You're going through all the. This was this was the first moment in the movie where you know. Granted, I would have loved to have just seen like the script that that uh, Hugh Jackman liked the most, directed by Gavin Hood, the way he wanted to direct it. I wish we could have seen that movie first and foremost. But this was the first moment in the movie where I'm watching it and I'm just like, you know, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but like, can you imagine if Mangold had directed all three of these? Oh man. And what this movie would be like, directed by James Mangold, with his crew of writers, like Michael Green and all of those guys. I was just thinking about it. I was like, it'd be so nice to have a trilogy of Mangold Wolverine movies. Because he does Um, the Wolverine, right? Yeah, he does the Wolverine, and then he obviously does Logan. Logan. And it just would have been really nice. Well, because we don't don't even get why they decided to join the army. I think Victor's bloodlust yeah. drives okay. him towards killing and probably James steers him towards military to control that. I, I oh, would think. Got it. So it's yeah. kind of like, if, he, if we're brothers, I have to make sure that he doesn't kill innocent people. Yeah. So yeah. I have to always follow him. Yeah. That's, I, almost, that's very like Greek and romantic. I know. Yeah. That's the thing, and, and and I really like in this in this section of the movie, you have these sort of diverging things where they come in, and then at the beginning, they're both going at it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start to see with each war, Sabretooth is getting more violent yep. and more brutal as Logan is getting more exhausted and more of just like, why are we still doing this? Yeah. And it's just like, it's really well done mm-hmm. like it's the best part of the movie i think is this credit sequence I mean, it's, it's amazing yeah 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 it's just like a really cool short film it starts with uh i want to <laughs> say in world war ii victor really savagely kills somebody and there's a look from from wolverine he's like yeah. uh that could be a problem and then yeah. the next one obviously is is vietnam and and there's right. some violence with a with a woman and that's clearly like okay mm-hmm. this needs to stop so yeah. you know who yeah. would have you know who would have directed the hell out of it? Zack Snyder. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. That's, yeah. that's exactly. I think we thought of it at the same time because I was gonna say it as soon as as soon as you yeah. as soon as we talked about that. So, yeah, because it's like it it is absolutely it feels like one of his opening credit sequences. Yeah. like the opening of of Watchmen leans heavily on like iconography from like D Day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It would have been incredible. I'll be honest, it would have been incredible. The music by Harry Gregson Williams really helped because and I. I just about 
only listen to film scores and and mostly comic book film scores. Sure. If I'm not listening to podcasts, that's pretty much I just have a sh- big shuffle playlist. And anytime one of the pieces of music from this movie comes on, I just it's just I several times I've like, what is this from? Like, it's so good. What is this? It's like, oh, it's yeah. Wolverine. It's Origins. You know, yeah. the music is just fantastic in this movie, and and it is throughout it this is really, opening really montage, uh, you know, thing. It, it's really uh, stellar. Yeah, James and Sabretooth end up in, or I don't know, did they ever call him Sabretooth in no. the movie at all? No, no, just yeah. Victor. Uh, they end up in a prison. I don't think. I think what they're trying to do is have their cake and eat it with the Sabretooth in the original X Men. Oh, that's yeah. very true. Yeah, by being like that, Sabretooth. This is Victor. Victor. <laughs> you know what? Clear. It checks out. Yeah, mm. I like it. I think it's fine. It's enough. There's a lot of other things in this movie that do not yeah. check out. I never, yeah. I never thought about the fact that they never call Leaf Schreiber Sabretooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're visited by someone f- that is from the movies, Danny Huston, right. playing Colonel William Stryker, or right. whatever his ranking is. Yeah, yeah. Having just seen X-Men 2 a couple weeks ago, he's 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 really channeling Brian Cox in that movie. He huh. is. The problem is he's a foot taller than yeah. Brian Cox. <laughs> yeah. Which is really silly. And it's heartbreaking because Brian Cox wanted to come back. Oh, really? He wanted to play the character again. He was like, hey. I went and saw X3, you know, first day, opening day, <laughs> oh, God, had a really good time with it. And I saw the de-aging that you guys did. Uh, let's do that with me and I'll come back. I'll play Striker oh, again. Oh, man. And, and, and Rothman was like, okay, Brian Cox. And then just saw him out the door and they hired a young guy. Uh, in. That's not the young first guy in quotation yeah, marks. Yeah. No disrespect. That's right, yeah. terrible. That, I know. Brian Cox is so great. Yeah. I know. Put a little I, shoe polish in his hair. Like and- a, like a Hannibal Manhunter era, yeah. uh, like oh like my god, Brian Cox, huh. looking guy, Brian Cox, yeah. And you know, yes. I one of the things we talked about last week, Travis, is we think that part of X three holds up pretty well to de aging. Oh yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it recently, but I can. Okay, I, I I remember that just blowing me away at the time. Yeah, and the last time I revisited it, I thought it's not it's not the worst, and you no, get a little bit of can. that with Patrick Stewart at the end of this movie, and it's still it's okay. <laughs> it's a little more plasticky a little on this bit, one. Yeah. 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 It doesn't help that he doesn't talk. It's I think that <laughs> is why he's really yeah. unsettling in this one. Yeah. So Stryker recruits the two to like help he has like, he's putting a team he's quote putting a team together. This right. is also a putting a team together movie. Yeah. Right. They're oh, POWs yeah. at this point. Yes, fully yeah. yeah. And and he's and they tried to execute them by firing squad and they're like they shot you 10,000 times yeah. it tickled mm. and and you didn't die so now I'm here uh, not for nothing Skip Woods would also go on to write the A-Team movie ah. oh that makes sense okay so is this they never say it right but this, this is basically X, X-Force I was gonna ask you what yeah right what I is mean, this <laughs> yeah because there is I, a later X Force team that is very much like the it's the the dark you know uh, yeah the dark, dark ops X-Men. Because that's what yeah, they call it, right? Like, if it's like a Merc team of mutants that are kind of working for the government, that that's X Force. Yeah. yeah, typically. Sometimes they're not working for the government. Okay. But, right. What's but, that Canadian team that Wolverine was on? Alpha Flight. A- Alpha, Alpha Flight. Flight. Yeah, I don't think this is Alpha no. Flight. <laughs> that would have been great, though. Yeah. That little, that little Canadian guy. The, what's his? What's it, Puck? Puck. Yeah. Yeah. Man, put put him in a movie. Where's yeah. he at? He would have fit in perfectly here. <laughs> I kind of wish Charlie from Lost was playing. Puck. I was I was gonna say. <laughs> so yeah, I please. I have a different casting for for Charlie Dominic, in this movie. Dominic Monaghan. Yeah, yeah, Dominic Monaghan. He, he okay. So you make Dominic Monaghan Beak, who is a character that yeah Grant Morrison created, who is a mutant, 
but like at the shittiest end of the spectrum, like he has no powers. He just looks right. like a, a half plucked chicken. Right. And so I think you make, I think Dominic Monaghan looks weird enough that you put a prosthetic beak on him, shave yeah. his, keep his head shaved, throw some feathers on him and, and then tweak his, his power, you know, give him flight because that, mm-hmm. that gives him a power. Well, there's there's an arc in the Grant Morrison comic where they go to the future okay. and he has grown all of his feathers oh. and can fly and everything. Okay, well, so there's like a full full blown. Yeah, he's a full blown bird okay. man. So yeah, make him beak and then you make. Well, hold on, I'm going to stop because I got I got to tell you this because yeah. this is important. So I got news for you, Travis. He was cast as beak. God damn it, <laughs> he was cast. I as knew beak. that. Okay, yeah, he was cast as beak. That's why he's a freak at okay. the circus. Yes, that's a leader. Yeah. Is because he was going to be beak and obviously you're a freak. And so yeah. and this whole like light bulb thing was yeah. like a rewrite to make it cheaper because they didn't want to pay the money for the prostitute. Oh god damn it. And so all of the stuff that they do with him in this movie was just a budget saving okay. measure. That- but he was cast as Beak. That okay. is who he was meant to play until like the last rewrite, I think. Gotcha. Interesting. Because so, yeah. I think like so you make that change, or or I guess keep it the way it was. <laughs> yeah, I think Stryker's like right hand man, played by Daniel Henney as Agent Zero, yeah. who's like a right. nobody from the comics. Get rid right. of him. Mm-hmm. The act- actor's fine, but make Wade, make you know Ryan Reynolds, Wade, you know, make him Stryker's right hand man, who's chasing Wolverine down in the first you know half, or it gets promised you know to be upgraded later on in the movie mm, and then maybe make the that uh, daniel henny guy like give him the the electricity powers you know because really yeah. we see agent zero clear out some guns why not just give oh, that to right. wade just just you don't need two yeah. people with the same powers doing you know martial yeah, that would arts. be a really easy way to like cut the budget is just right. cut an actress role i mean yeah that's that's a big way to save some money it's a fun crew yeah, yeah. i like their report and the plane i like their chemistry yeah, I think Will I Am's doing good. I yeah. think he knows what movie he's in. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get into each and every one of these guys mm, okay. because in terms of how oh, okay. who oh, they please, ended yeah. up or how they got into the movie. So, so first of all, let's start with Will I Am because why not? So, Will I Am is basically interested in being an X Men movie. So this is his like live action debut, and he yeah. was interested in being in movies. He told his agent this, and he was like, "I really want to be in an X Men movie, and I really want to have teleportation powers." <laughs> Like Nightcrawler. That's, it. that's what okay. he said. Like, okay. that's what he wanted. He was like, I want to be like Nightcrawler. And they were like, oh, uh, Will I Am wants to be in an X Men movie. All right, let's, let's add who has teleportation powers in X Men. <laughs> oh, well, here's a, here's a black character with a cowboy hat. Let's just do this. And so that's how he's in the movie. That's it. They just wanted to give Will I Am a role in the movie because he nice. wanted to be in it. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I- that really lucked out. God, what a Babe Ruth. Like, yeah. <laughs> There, it's crazy there was a character just there that was, like, perfect for him yeah. to play. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the thing is, if I showed you a picture of the character, you'd be like, well, you get Will I Am to play that character. Like, <laughs> nice. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, honestly. That's crazy. I like his character in this movie, and I, I like his teleportation powers, that it starts, like, from the inside out, and you get a little preview of his skeleton like that's really yeah. cool yeah it's different than nightcrawler you know yeah it has a great payoff because yeah. you don't even i didn't even catch that that like that's what he's doing yeah until his death scene happens and mm-hmm. then you're like oh that's right uh. yeah 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 <laughs> and then kevin durand as fred dukes mm-hmm. aka the blob i like kevin durand 
Oh, he's great. So here's the thing, also though. Also, uh, And this was this mm-hmm. was really th- this like came out kind of recently in terms of this revelation. Originally, there were two people up for this role: mm. Kevin Durand and David Harbour. Oh, David Harbour got turned down for the role for being too fat, <laughs> too fat. <laughs> To play the blob. Wow. And he dragged Tom Rothman and everybody real hard because they were, he was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you really? Like, I'm like, he was husky, you know, he was a huskier guy at the time, but like, you know, it's the blob. Is it like, is it for the, the joke of the fact that he starts the movie looking like mm. kind of like Kevin Durant ripped and muscly. And but then... that's but that's even prosthetic is the thing. Like That's not really Kevin Durant. No, no. he's not that big. No. No. I feel like that's leftover juggernaut bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that those fake muscles. And he's kind of wearing like a big Bane vest and you know just military gear, you know. Yeah, wow. yeah. So. And so so no, I don't I don't think it I literally think it's that he, he wouldn't been able to fit in the fat suit like because they they made the fat suit for a skinny person which is just the stupidest thing it, that's so dumb and i hate i hate i hate hollywood i just i just, I just hate them <laughs> so i've never so stupid i only know the blob through animation yeah would you call the blob like a good character no no, no, no. Interesting it's been... powers in that he, if he doesn't want to be moved, he cannot be moved. Yeah, okay. they don't use that here. He's um, like reverse juggernaut. <laughs> yeah, he's just a generic strong guy who gets fat. So. Has has the juggernaut and the blob ever fought? Oh, I'm sure. Unstoppable force meets an immovable object. That, what yeah. happens? I. I, I I guarantee I'm, that's happened, and I'm going to look that up because I'd like to see how they resolve that. Yeah, I'm very curious. But no, the Blob has never been a great character, yeah. and typically most writers use him as just a series of ongoing fat jokes, and it's a bummer. It's just yeah. a huge bummer all the time. And I really wish it's a bummer here. It's a hell of a bummer here. Yeah. I mean, we'll get there, but Jesus. So next up, yeah. Who who <laughs> else? Murderers oh, Row. So then, so then we get to Agent Zero, played mm. by Daniel Henney. Agent Zero, who was, I believe, originally uh, supposed to be a character handpicked by Gavin Hood, which is the French thief assassin Maverick? character. No, is it Fa- Phantom or Fa- Phantom X? Phantom X. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So fa- it was supposed to be Phantom X because. He was like, I'm French. I want a French character in here, you know? And they were like, no. Gambit. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, you yeah. got Gambit. That's yeah. close, right? Creole's Can French, you? right? <laughs> yeah. French. How dare you? French district. Yeah. <laughs> Good. You got it. And so they changed it to uh, Agent Zero hmm. instead of Phantom X. Yeah. His, his like intro stunt where he leaps over the fence. Yeah. Pretty cool. It is yeah. pretty 2000s cool. It's very 2000s. Yeah. It's, yes. it's, you can't watch it. The physics just are insane of that flip, <laughs> that jump that he does. It just makes no yeah. sense. But it's kind of an yeah. early indicator of the movie, honestly. Now that I'm yeah. About it. Yeah. That and, and, and then Wade's like flippy swords thing. Oh, yeah. Which isn't even a mutant power no. because it's, it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Gambit in terms of like, oh, wait, yeah. wait, what is, <laughs> what, what does he do? Yeah. 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 But, but yeah. <laughs> The, the the flippy swords. Yeah, uh, yeah. Somehow the swords have his whatever his mutant ability is. <laughs> yeah, but 2009 Nick was all about Ryan. I mean, like a, a yeah. lot of people was yeah. like, oh, this is so cool. Because like 
this was in my sweet spot of Ryan Reynolds. He was he was who I wanted to to be Deadpool. I mean, for yeah. several years leading up to this. So after Blade Three, it was like, well, that's never going to happen, you know. So it right, was right. it was amazing that he still got to play the character here, and and yeah, for the brief little was, bit we get at the start here, it's it's he's he's fantastic, you know. It's fun watching him kind of like in retrospect now. <laughs> it look it's like he's trying the character on for the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like this is his featured track before he gets a whole album. Yeah, yeah. Was Blade Three the first time we saw ripped Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember that being a huge deal where it was just like what because he would have been, <laughs> Everybody he would have like been van skinny yeah. van wilder just very uh lanky yeah. i think at the time yeah yeah and we'll get into yeah. it after blade wins the the poll today but uh <laughs> <laughs> or you can tell we're, we're recording this now <laughs> I, I i think he's the he was the best part of blade three and i thought yeah. he was like the highlight of this movie yeah where it's like there's a little bit of that vulnerability when he's like okay people are dead he's like not proud <laughs> of it yeah yeah. And then I guess the last person I should mention is, of course, Liev Schreiber, who we haven't talked about his casting yet. Ray Donovan. Yeah. Ray Donovan himself, or carrying on from our previous miniseries, Cotton Weary. Hell yeah. And and so, of course, about Hugh that. Jackman invites Lev Schreiber to play this role after having worked with him and Kate Leopold. Mm. He loved <laughs> He loved working with Liv Schreiber. He was like, yeah, he's just like a really professional actor. He's a great time on set. He, I, I've seen the screen movies. I know he can be an intense guy. He's the perfect guy for this part, and everyone will love him on set. And that was true. Like mm. everybody loved oh, Liv Schreiber. I he thought was... you were going to say, and eh, that didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no. And it's true. Like Liv, Liv Schreiber is apparently just like a, 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 a bundle of of joy on nice. set. Like everybody loves having him around. He's the Franklin Langella Skeletor of this movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> this movie just doesn't deserve a, a villain as good as him, you know, and the, or yeah. a performance that he's given. I wish he wasn't working for Stryker. Sure. Like, I, I wish he was just doing his own thing, like, had his own reasons to be killing the people in their crew, right? It's all personal. Or it's all personal. Do a flashback you know? at the beginning and you show Stryker rejects him, wants Wolverine, and Victor yeah. just can't deal with that because he obviously right. has an inferiority complex with For sure. his brother, right. you know? Right. I think that that would have been a nice fix because I feel like the thing that's missing from this movie more than anything is keeping that brother love rivalry relationship between these two guys the whole movie like all the way through as a through line mm-hmm. and instead we just kind of like lose it for a while and then kind of come back to it at the end you know and that's kind of it yeah and I, I wish it was more of a through line through the whole movie but he put on 40 pounds of muscle to play this part he was very excited to be playing a comic book character and you know uh, brought like a take on the character and just like really really brought it worked on you know some of his dialogue and and like tweaking it and and things like that to to fit the way that he wanted to perform the character and yeah i mean everything you said travis is is absolutely right i mean he rules in this movie do you know if they considered tyler main so tyler main was not even a contact okay Okay. Not even once. Wow. And he's very, very salty about oh. that. Yeah, um, I can see that. I mean, there's one thing, one moment I want when I was watching this movie, and it's when Sabretooth visits uh, Bradley, uh, Dominic Monaghan. And mm-hmm. he's kind of, he's just leering over, not leering, he's, he's you know, menacing, menacing. him. Yeah. I yeah. want him to say, you know, scream for me. 
the way Sabretooth says to Storm in the first mm-hmm. first X-Men. Right. You know, I just want that moment, just a little connection for like, okay, this sicko gets off on like scream for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because then yeah. Bradley does scream for him, but you know, right. I just wanted that little line there. Connective. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, I'm not very familiar with Tyler Maine's personality in the ring. Right. Yeah. At, at WWE. So I don't even I couldn't even say if he could could it could not do this version of Victor because he, yeah. he was given nothing to do in the first one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean he was basically the equivalent of Bane and Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he rules though in this. I think I think his uh, glee for violence is right on the mark for yeah. Sabretooth. Yeah. And he's playing it like a serial killer. You know? Absolutely. Like, and that's yeah, and it's kind of a it's kind of a cool take on on this character. I mean, he is sadistic. It does make his sort of character turn at the end <laughs> kind of feel like it comes out of nowhere yeah. in a way. Uh, but we'll get there. So, yeah, so they go, they, they, they play through this. Uh, they clear this a level. Yeah. <laughs> but then Stryker finds this big black rock that came from space. Yeah. yeah. And they have the whole like compound rounded up. And he's like, You told me where this is. And like Wolverine is like, No, this is too much. And everyone, including Deadpool, Mm-hmm. is totally down to just kill all of these unarmed yeah. civilians yeah and logan's like i'm out of the band i'm yeah. out yeah so he bails in the trailer you see storm is in that sequence really right. yeah there's a young young girl with white hair i thought she was in the actual movie but i guess they cut it between the trailer and going to screen but yeah, I think it may be a deleted scene now on the DVD. That's but, interesting. But yeah, there's a little little girl storm in the in that village that they go to to the harass the locals. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, so now we're six years later. So we've we've went from 1840s to the Civil War, which 1840s to Civil War, I, I guess. Well, I guess 1845 to like what Civil War was the 60s. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so so I guess yeah, okay, he could look like you, Jack, at that point. And we're we're left to gather by doing our own math at home that it's now the eighties, right? Yeah. Like early eighties, I assume, mm-hmm. right? But um, the but the cinematography to the costumes to just the way people talk, it totally could take place in like two thousand nine. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So he's, he's he's a lumberjack now, right? Yeah, he's a he's a lumberjack, just like just like Dexter in the end. Um, Is that what he was doing? Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's that's where he ended up at the end of the series. The new thing, I think, he's a teacher. Yeah. in the new the new show. Oh, he's oh he's living in the Canadian Rockies, right? And he has yeah. a girlfriend now. Yes, yeah. the girlfriend is Lynn Collins playing Kayla Silverfox, the very white Lynn Collins. <laughs> Why did I think her name was Laura this whole time? Playing the the very Native American Kayla Silverfox. Yes. Originally, Michelle Monaghan was meant to play the role. Still not Native. Okay. Um, yeah. Still not a Native American. Still very, very white. I guess in, in hindsight, it makes sense if, spoilers, she's like an inside, she's working for Stryker. Yeah. yeah. But f- the first time we were watching this movie, when I was watching this movie, because I think I forgot that part, mm. I was like, we're not even going to see how they met. We're not <laughs> even going to see yeah. how long they've been together or what it was like for this guy who's been murdering people nonstop for 200 years. Right. To fall in love. Right. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, like none of that interested Tom Rothman. No, mm-hmm. no, no. When I first saw this movie, I was I was watching this and she does her little her little speech about about the the trickster you know, the sort of like Native American. Yeah, yeah. The Native American uh, legend. So she's doing she's doing this whole thing. And I was like, 
this is just, this white lady's just really into Native American stuff, huh? <laughs> like, I just remember thinking that in the when I watched it, and then huh. later I find out that she was supposed to be Native American. I okay. was like, what? The Koikowatsu scene was really interesting to me. I had forgotten that. I'm like, oh, that's where Wolverine comes yeah. from. It's this. So I looked it up, and I couldn't find out if this was actual Native culture or folklore. Everything was like... A, a drawing of a of Wolverine staring at the moon, but then it was just that quote from this movie. Oh, oh. Uh, the Kukuwekuatsu hashtag on Twitter is bumping with huh. like fan art of this movie and like these two characters. What? Yeah, if you're like a Wolverine stand, but more into like the romantic part yeah. of him, then the Kukuwekuatsu hashtag. Very interesting. This is a it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's cool. I wish this actress was actually Native American, mm. but if she was, she wouldn't be able to be Emma Frost's sister. <laughs> yeah, I had no <laughs> yeah, defense you know. for that. Yeah. Oh, is that a hundred percent in the movie? Is that not in the comics at all? Like those still no. Fox and Emma Frost? No, that's okay. nothing in the co- yeah. yeah. There's, that's nothing in the in the comics. That's uh, that. That's that was way out of left field for in this. It's like slam on the brakes at the end when it's like that's your sister. Like nah, yeah, that's weird. Very strange. I like um, that he went back to Canada. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. went home. He went home. And and you know this whole section where he's a lumberjack and living in a cabin is is very reminiscent to the section in Origin where he's like living in like an old west town in Canada. Yeah, and there's a guy who is. Like this big overweight bully guy who I kept thinking was going to be the blob. And I think it was just because the blob is in the movie. And so I thought that's Mm -hmm. where the connection there was. But no, he's just some big bully guy. Yeah. So I I assume that that's what this is kind of trying to pick up vibes from in in, in like kind of like half acidly uh, adapt sort of. But anyway, Uh, can I share my Wolverine gripe? Sure. It's and they do it in X2. And then throughout the comics, just they want to associate Wolverine with wolves and Wolverines aren't wolves. You know, Wolverines are in the family with like weasels and badgers and otters and ferrets and minks. Like bastards. Yeah. um, It's I don't know. It's like I think sometime in the 80s or 90s, someone heard the name Wolverine and thought, oh, that just must mean wolf you know mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. like we were talking in the first first movie nick revealed that hugh jackman thought uh wolverine was like not a real like a jackalope yeah like a jackalope oh. he thought it was a mythical okay creature. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> i think a lot yeah. of people just think that it's not real I, uh, I think it's just charming that someone from australia could think some animals couldn't exist oh <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect name for the comic character because it's like short and hairy and mean and just yeah. The just don't mess with them, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the most in the most solo Star Wars story that origin the comic gets, mm. there's a moment where you know he's working in the mines. In yeah. That, not a lumberjack, and they're like talking about like yeah you know he's turning out to be really great because he started out scrawny and now yeah. he's getting like big and tough like working with his hands all the time and they're like yeah like you know when we when we tell him that there's a there's a tree root over there he just gets in there Got and he, it. he keeps digging and he doesn't stop until he gets it like uh like some kind of wolverine or something <laughs> yeah. and it's just like say that again yeah, yeah. well the, but the thing that kills me is like he's not even there no. when they say it so like do how that. does anyone learn that he's yeah. called wolverine I think they do that <laughs> twice silly. in the in yeah. that story just 
someone refers to him. He's he's like a Wolverine. Yeah, but it never yeah. never says it to him. Yeah, no, that's the secret silly. I think to to crack an MCU Wolverine is mm. in my if you want to go that way of like really digging into like no he's like a little feral yeah like don't yeah. mess with that guy and yeah. Daniel Radcliffe will always be my fan cast choice for for MCU Wolverine. Wow, yeah. Interesting, because he's little. He's, he's little. little. He's, he he's can hairy. be hairy. He can get jacked, yeah. you get know. jacked. He's yeah. good act, great actor. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, so, so yeah, Sabretooth murders Dominic Monaghan. God, uh, he's super OP. He can control electricity. Yeah. I love that, that charming little scene of him in his trailer, and he's yeah. just delighted by all this little, these magic little, you know, uh, you electronics know, around him. He's just so happy to be in that space you know i really like that scene too it really yeah. reminded me of you know we've talked about how a lot of these stories came, are allegories for sexual identity or gender mm. but also like mental illness yeah yeah and it reminded me a lot of you know when you're dealing with stuff like brain loops or thought loops or obsessive thoughts or adhd sometimes people need distraction mm -hmm. so i liked how he had always had like little toys going or little light bulbs going off because i'm like oh yeah it's like he needs somewhere to put the energy because like it doesn't yeah. go away well i like that yeah. he it seems like he's more comfortable with little electronic devices than he is with people like he doesn't really yeah. need to be around people he can communicate with machines and be completely fulfilled yeah. i like his little his little circus stand where he's just bulb. like he's just there by yeah. himself Bored. There's no one around bored because like it's not a game. Like there's like there's yeah. no way to win. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> Yeah, he really he really it really feels like he creates a full character in like just one scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. on hand. Um, uh, back in the Rockies, uh Wolverine's perfect life is interrupted by the return of Stryker and Zero. Mm -hmm. And this is just straight up like Rambo two. Yeah. Like, where'd you find me? Yeah. Uh, Never you really lost think you. you could walk away that easy, James? Yeah, I love the the shade that he throws at Agent Zero with, uh, you know, like he tells him to get back in the car, and then Logan's just like, "Come on, you know, yeah, listen to your good, master." I, I think a big missed opportunity for this movie, as far as Hugh Jackman goes, is he's kind of just the person that he is. He's almost more civilized than when Xavier found him in two thousand. Yeah, and like this could have been a real opportunity to really play up the like. I was a real shit kicker before I met like, yeah. Rogue and, and Gene. I kind of yeah. wish that you know, we we just had three movies of him coming around to this Logan guy, and he is a, a decent person. And then to go back in time to this, he should be almost Victor's level of, you know, just unhinged, raw, animalistic savage savageness. But yeah, they don't really do that. So it's kind of an odd. Yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot of his nobility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. even like we're only like 20 minutes into the movie but he's mostly been like victor no yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, like uh, so logan turns down striker mm -hmm. he's like look i need help something's coming i don't think if he's like you know he doesn't mention victor at all he no. thinks yeah he thinks victor's in danger or well thinks right. yeah. yeah he's like someone's been picking off the team yeah right the old fighting hellfish yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, later on in the car, Silver Fox and Wolverine throws out uh, the line. Uh, I'm the best at what I do, but right. what, I, what I do isn't very nice. The only thing that they pull from the, the, Chris, the Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, and it made it all the way down the line from, yeah. from Benioff all the way to, to production. It's not um, a great line reading. Like, it's, it's very casual. I, I don't know. Yeah, There's nothing behind I mean, it. 
It's a lot like how when he when he says bub, he never says bub with his mm. chest. No, like I would have much rather have seen him do that line in like like a bar where someone's trying to pick a fight with him and they're like, Yeah, what are you gonna do? And he was like, you know, and then he says the line yeah. of like as like a threat. You know, I feel like that would have been much more than what we get here, which is just like, well, you know, uh, I'm the best at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. Like, and it's just like, Golly what? Gee. Yeah. What is this? The rom com reading yeah. of this line? What's going on? Like he's a like he's a process server. Or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like the way he reads it. It's like Will Ferrell in uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell, telling Maggie Jill and all the Baker, just like, hey, I'm the best at what I do, but what I do isn't isn't very nice. You know, I tax people. I'm the tax man. <laughs> oh man. Then the like after that story, the the Kokoikawatsu story, she gets like straight up fridged. Yep. Yeah. Well, fake fridged. Fake fridged. <laughs> But convincingly um, yeah. fridged, you know. Okay, um, yeah. Well. So, so to, to jump all the way ahead, yeah. listeners, we get a flashback of like, here's what really happened, and what really <laughs> happened was Victor injects her with like a syringe that mm-hmm. stops her heart, mm-hmm. and then he just like splashes some blood. I hope it's blood. Yeah, it, they show it. It's a blood bag that he just oh, yes swipes his nail across. You know, yeah, dumps it all over. Her. So he <laughs> never checks. Kayla for injuries or wounds. Yeah, Yeah, that is a big problem for me. A guy that with enhanced senses can't smell, like he can smell a a wolverine head that's, you know, I mean, I guess 20 feet away in the bushes and then can't (laughs) detect injuries. Yeah. Well, speaking of all of that, this just just really goes to my theory about, you know, like lots of people talk about characters being OP overpowered for those of you who don't know the abbreviation a lot of people talk about people being op but it's usually it's almost always characters like superman professor x or professor x gene gray you know characters like that where it's just like they're unstoppable and it's like wolverine's pretty op like when i think about him compared to other mutants it's like okay so his mutant power is hunting ability heightened senses healing factor bone claws like (laughs) it's like it's a lot it's a lot of hats on a hat i mean you know granted a lot of mutants have like a like a power and then like a backup ability also that they get like a secondary Mm. mutation like cyclops can speak any language right but no one no one else has four powers Mm. like that is so many powers you know he's the best at what he does yeah (laughs) i guess so but yeah but then you fill in the problems like how can he not see that yeah she's fine and this is like not her blood right or this is like this blood came from a plastic bag or this blood's like six months old right totally yeah, he this should her blood book wolverine <laughs> would not be fooled this way yeah. Um, yeah. that's not her blood i know what her blood yeah. smells like it doesn't smell like that well I, yeah. and she was wounded by that's him true. at yeah you know, when he had right. that night waking nightmare so yeah. Yeah. he should know i guess if blood smells different than other blood yeah. i don't know it's victor yeah. like wouldn't be half of her face be missing or like a big chunk of her chest it would be gone it would be if this movie wasn't pg-13 yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is like the the wor- the only blood this movie is so aside from this this movie is yeah. very bloodless yeah. i was going to say this is what a movie to be like the weirdly the least violent x-men movie yeah, yeah. Where you yeah. don't get any of that visceral, like, oh, like moments in the first couple of X-Men movies yep. where you almost feel bad for the bad guy. Yeah. It's one of the many reasons why I just, again, hindsight 2020, but like James Mangold directing this 
getting to do what he wants. I feel like this movie rules. Because yeah, this could yeah. be a Western. Yeah, yeah, it would be a Western. Yeah. The yeah. next scene is Victor at a bar. <laughs> yeah, honky tonk bar kind of. And he's like, you don't buy anything, sir? <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting. And then he gets called out, yeah. like a shootout. And then they have their first fight. Yeah. Yeah. Where you get, I'm going to cut your goddamn head off. Yeah. It's a pretty good fight. I think so, too. I, I yeah. really think throughout this movie, they do a good job with Victor running on the ground, like all fours, you know. Yeah. I think it works like every time. I, I really enjoy yeah. seeing him uh, leaping like that. It looks really good. The yeah. claws are really good. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're so... I don't know if there's something so specific about just sharp nails yeah. that make it more scary. I don't know what it is about him that... Like, it shouldn't work. It, like, he really, he literally looks like a werewolf mid-transformation. Yeah. But somehow it works, like, really well. And I don't know what's pulling all of that together, but it It, it could be just so the well. Leib Schreiber of it all. It could yeah. be just, like, he, he is, like, an imposing dude. I'm pretty sure yeah. he is, like, 6'2 or yeah. something. Yeah, he's tall. He's real tall. I like the subtleness of giving him just enough of a fang point that stick out, just enough to know that he's got fangs. And yeah. he does a great freeze frame open mouth, you know, howl, roaring type face, just that, mm -hmm. you know, the way a cat would. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And it's funny, I was just talking about how tame the movie is, but then I think we get kind of the one, like, violent pit is when, like, he just stomps Victor Wolverine's bone claws off. Yes. Yes. That is a great yeah. moment. That's one of those, that's one of those things where you feel pain for something that you don't have yourself. And you're like, how am I feel? Why do I know what that feels like? Yeah, yeah. How do I? Why can I picture that? Yeah. Jackman sells it really well. Yeah, too. he does. He goes to the hospital. I we forgot about that scene. That's wait. That's, <laughs> yeah. I just realized that's two Wolverine movies in a row where he gets his claws cut off. Oh, really? Because he gets them cut off in in uh, the Wolverine too. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, yes. I, I've only seen that once, and it's been since it. Came out I, I highly recommend watching the extended cut. Okay, it's I remember excellent. liking it. I just haven't revisited yeah. it. Mm -hmm. The extended cut it, to me is as good as Logan. Okay, like, it's really really good. So nice. We yeah. get uh, we get a little bit more of Stryker's plan. We get our first reference to Jason Stryker, mm. right? Kind of starting to connect into X Men Two. Yeah, and kind of our first like we need just we need to give him the tools to defeat Sabretooth. <laughs> yep, and we're back in Alkali Lake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stryker's motivations in this movie are so strange, you know. They're they're all over the place. Yeah. Like, I get that his plan of what he's going to mm. do with Wolverine, putting the adamantium in him to make him a, a more dangerous weapon, and then he plans to just wipe his memory, kill him, do whatever. It's so flimsy. It really feels like he's making it up as he goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He really does. Like, if you'd thought and about this, you'd, well, I guess he knows that... <laughs> Wolverine is the only person that can survive this, I guess, is, yeah. The, yeah. is the factor. So, right. There's some great moments. The X factor. Like, yeah, <laughs> if, if you, you will. will. <laughs> yeah, there's some great moments where he says as much in the transformation, where as he, when he goes under, when Logan goes under and the needles are coming closer, yeah. he's telling the scientists and the military, like, yeah, he's the only one. His healing factor is the reason he's going to, A, survive this. Yeah. And B, one of the scientists is like, well, why haven't you sedated him? And I'm like, he can't. Yeah. He can't be sedated. Yeah. That's also why he had to be asked. Mm. Right. Because otherwise, I would have just tranked him and done it to him without his consent. There's a line in particular here where Logan's on the table. Yes. And he's, and he's strapped in. 
and and you know they're talking and he's like he in in the girl the the scientist lady um whose name i i don't she's good though in this movie she's good yeah Yeah, she's pretty good but yeah she says like hey you know this is gonna hurt a lot and he was like i've i felt worse (laughs) and she's like no you haven't yeah and then and then you know he explains the process to him um striker and he's like we're going to make you indestructible but before that we have to tear you apart so he says that line and i'm in the theater and i'm thinking because i've always wondered how this happened to him yeah. in terms of like how they get the adamantium on his you bones. see the flashbacks the dream sequences yeah right. but but i was like but i just think like practically like how do they do this right, right? and he says that line we're gonna make you indestructible but first we have to tear you apart and I remember him being in a tank filled with a liquid. And I was like, is this thing going to fill with acid, turn him into a skeleton, cover it in adamantium, <laughs> and then let him grow himself back? Oh, Whoa! shit. That like, would be good. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I thought was going to happen. That's the Cronenberg like, version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. Wow. Like, when he specifically says, we have to tear you apart, and then all he does is stick him with a bunch of needles. Yeah. I'm like, that's not tearing him apart. I'm sure it's painful. Don't get me wrong. But like, but like when you say tear him apart, this is not what I'm picturing. Yeah, man. Um, that's, that's great. That's, so that's, that's where my mind went instantly was that like, they're going to melt all of his flesh off, cover him in adamantium yeah. and then let him grow himself back over it. And but, it would, he would be able to, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I like in the first X-Men to get that x-ray picture of him and it just looks like he has metal plating on some of his skeleton like he's not dipped in adamantium the way you know here you know it's getting fully like coated Uh, yeah yeah it also seems like it's more than that it almost Mm. seems like they're filling the the inside of his bones with adamantium i don't like that yeah (laughs) i it, it, it it's kind of weird it's almost like it's almost like the bones are being replaced by adamantium, yeah. you know, like it's filling it with adamantium and then breaking the bones and then there's adamantium right, bones. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. The it's, way that it's presented in the animation here. anyway. I think in the comics, I think that from this point on, the adamantium is poisoning him and yeah. his healing factor is always curing him or fixing this this keeping this poison at bay so it's like right. but it's he can still survive any injury and grow you know heal and, and everything but and that's with a, a compromised healing factor so right yeah and then we get to logan where it starts to like break down yeah it's kind of a shame i mean like i don't know it this is such a big this is like his frankenstein transformation captain america getting the serum right and it, I don't know, it feels like, even though 09, it felt like we've already seen it. Mm. Kinda. Because we've yeah. gotten so much, we've devoted so much time to it. He goes back to it in X2 and he yeah. looks around. So yeah. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel epic. Yeah. They, um, it really feels like they just want the payoff moment of him bursting up from the water, you know, that savage, you know, when he finds <laughs> out he's being played and, you know, yeah. they just kind of want that moment and the rest of it is just kind of like going through the motions, I feel like. And well, having them stamping the dog tag is, is a weird moment. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you want, you want these? 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the other issue I have with it is just like, it happens too fast. Mm. It always struck me when we were seeing the flashes of it in X2 that it was a long process uh, that took a long time. And that's why when he finally gets out, he's like an it, animal. Yeah. Mm. But this is like, it takes 30 seconds of, it's 30 sec- seconds of excruciating agony. Yeah. And then he's done. It's done. It's and, over. And then he escapes. Yeah. He, he he jumps off the waterfall. Right. We cut to who the hell knows where Canada. Right. And this old married couple are coming home. <laughs> a kindly yeah. old couple. Yes. Mom, Pa, Canada. Yep. And Hugh Jackman, like naked, runs into the barn. <laughs> right. Old man comes in and goes, are you okay? And he's like, I'm, I'm cold. I'm sorry. I yeah. had a rough day. And like, <laughs> so he's already not savage anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like the whole like weapon X of it all completely just... It's just him jumping out of the water and bailing. Like yeah. that's that's it. Like that's the whole that's the whole move. And uh, they they yeah. correct it a retcon whatever however you <laughs> want to say it in apocalypse Days maybe Days of Future Past. Um. Well, I'm I mean like when they they run into him. Um. The, oh, the right. modern that, yeah kids yeah yeah, yeah. Got that's the, in a he's got the headgear I, I right, wish right. he had that's that on place. here but you know yeah. oh that's a good point yeah, yeah. so wow. this is this is this movie that we're watching <laughs> um has a lot of issues oh, yeah. in terms of continuity and then they just completely wiped the slate they yeah. just this is not in canon anymore like yeah. nothing about this movie is in canon um in terms of like the rest of the x-men movies i heard a great explanation for the X-Men franchise, the continuity only matters uh, for the last one you watched. Like if you could just remember the last movie you watched, that's yeah. all you need going into the, yeah. the next one. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really good. It's good rule of thumb. We get the infamous bathroom scene, <laughs> right? Uh, it's straight out of like, Oh, two Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, what are these things? Yeah. And it's also like, he's, He's like casually popping his claws a lot in this movie after in the first movie, you know, Rogue being like, doesn't hurt. And he's like, every time. <laughs> and it's like, now he's just like, pop, unpop, pop, yeah. unpop. Yeah. What about that, that first time it like, ah, like it yeah. kind of like he wasn't, he wasn't expecting it to hurt because maybe the bones didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I loved seeing the image of his bones, his hand bones moving out of the way. Yeah. That was cool. Um, and, and that's what makes the snick sound is that it's the metal sliding against, on metal. Yeah. 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 It's pretty good. I like that. I feel weirdly bad whenever Wolverine just trashes these people's bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Like, they don't have a lot. Did he, did he turn the water off? Is, is yeah. there a bathroom still flooding? Like, like I'm almost relieved that they die shortly <laughs> after this so they don't have to deal with the months of repairs that would have been if this is if this is a movie that was focused more on the relationship between victor and logan i feel like this weapon x thing happens first of all he should be in there for like weeks if not months yeah. getting this process happen um and then he gets out he's an absolute animal kills anybody he gets in contact with right striker escapes he bails you get the maybe you can get the stuff with the family and everything but like everybody in weapon x gets killed by by or yeah everybody in that complex gets killed by weapon x Mm. and then he is basically like hunting striker the rest of the movie um to like for revenge or whatever on like what he did to him but also 
maybe like hunting Sabretooth. And like you get at the end of this, it's like a smaller thing where they both find Stryker and Sabretooth is like, let's kill him. And he's he is finally like, no, like we can't like mm-hmm. we can't do that. Saves him. And then Stryker shoots him in the head with the adamantium <laughs> bullet. Because right now, yeah, that's better. it's it. The reason he did, the reason he underwent the adamantium process is right. like, this is the only way, Logan, that you'll be able to hunt down and kill Victor right. with these claws. Because he's bigger and tougher than you. You're the, yeah. you're the runt. You're the runt. Yeah. And at Even this though you're point, both like 6'2", six 6'3". Six <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But then he that happens to him and he escapes. And now he's just chilling with these old people. Yeah. And he's not, he's kind of like in like, oh, I don't, I'm a loner. Mode. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't seem to be motivated by Kayla's death anymore. No, he doesn't really seem to be motivated by anything. He's just kind of having it's, dinner. It's it's <laughs> only the next thing that, that drives him forward. Because, yeah, he escapes. Right. He could easily decide, okay, I'm just going to wander out to the desert or whatever. But then, right. you know, what happens to the old couple, that then motivates him to take him to the next scene. Like, it's, it That's is just, true. it's yeah, just he, whatever he's... happens right then is what pushes him to the next <laughs> scene. Yeah, they they give him the jacket, which is one of the most baffling. That slow zoom of him putting the jacket on. Yeah. So the the jacket, I mean, yeah, I mean, for one, it doesn't make any sense because (laughs) he's not wearing it when he loses his memory. So how does he get the jacket back, right, to be wearing it in the future movies? I just remember this summer was also the summer of Terminator Salvation. And... Mm. That also famously had a scene where a character who is famous for wearing a a particular coat gets that coat in the movie, despite the fact that when you go back in time, you go back in time naked (laughs) and he gets the coat. From a bum. From, from a JC Penny. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, no. From a yeah, JC Yeah, from a JC Penny. So so bum. it's like it's <laughs> yeah, he just gets the pants from the bum. Um <laughs> and but gross. Yeah. So gross. Um, but yeah, the worst part of the outfit is yeah. that's from the homeless guy. So like it was just two movies in a row where it was over explaining where some yeah. guy got his famous jacket. And mm. I just remember that being a real weird vibe. Yeah. Take, take my dead son's jacket, take my dead son's <laughs> yeah. bike. Because we're assuming the son's dead, right? It's I mean, weirder. I never thought about a, 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 uh, him not being dead. Yeah. But that's he even doesn't better. say it explicitly, but I, yeah, I assume he's dead or I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's got to uh, be. I yeah. will say that's, uh, uh, the him riding the motorcycle out of the barn explosion is pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Got no problem. I mean, with it. you know, in like that, in in like an old school 80s action movie vibe for yeah. sure. Like a hard target, kind of like right. Wolford yeah. Brimley holding yeah. a rifle over his head. <laughs> yeah, that kind of cool. Yeah. And the same same goes with this whole motorcycle chase. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's a part where like Zero is in the helicopter and he's like tailing Logan. Logan rides the motorcycle through the woods. Yeah. And there's a part where the bike, he like turns and skids. Yeah. yeah, listeners, I counted. He skids for a solid twelve seconds. <laughs> I think he's going downhill as well. Okay, it I didn't think. look like the camera. It yeah. looked like it was flat ground. Yeah, but there's also a Mission Impossible Two style. Yes. The tires on the bike change from you know slick street tires or whatever to dirt bike tires. And he can just whip through these yeah. like yeah. these woods. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was just thinking this is the most this is the Mission Impossible two of the X Men movies yeah. for sure. Which is ironic because Mission Impossible two is the reason Duggery Scott isn't Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. 
It all came full circle. Oh, man. (laughs) Either way, the universe would have had him on a motorcycle switching tires. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and like you said, like both of you said earlier, physics of it are very video gamey, very 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a really bad sequence when Agent Zero is on, because he's on the hill, he takes his his sniper shot and then runs and leaps into the helicopter and it's looks really bad that being said him leaping up into the air clawing into the (laughs) roof of the helicopter and crashing it with him on it is kind of one of the rare oh this dude's nuts this guy doesn't care he has a death wish yeah moments yeah yeah for sure and then we get an unironic walking away from an explosion he he gets claws out and he like sparks the ground yeah sparks him on the ground kind of trail of gasoline or whatever and zero explodes. And the next scene, and I wanted to ask both of you what you if this gonna <laughs> if this irks you like it did me. Stryker cuts back to the lab. I think Stryker turns to the the scientist and he holds up like or maybe it's the general. He reveals the adamantium the gun with adamantium bullets. It, right. Yeah. It was like the scientist and he's like It's like a uh assist lab assistant guy that you only see yeah. in, in this scene and <laughs> It's not so, the lady that was talking to Logan, but God, God. so my thing is, Zero's power was guns. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't give him that. You couldn't tell him like, <laughs> "Hey, we're developing," because they were they they were in the velvet case and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. Well, I I think the thing that struck me as really funny in this scene, and why I didn't think about that, because I think you're absolutely right, Nick. But <laughs> but but also the thing that, that struck me was just like they were like, "Here it is." It's a gun with adamantium bullets. It's the only thing that can kill him. And I was just like, what is he, a werewolf? Like, it's, <laughs> like it's just, the way that they're presenting it, like, the I mean, only way you can kill a wolverine is with adamantium bullets. Yeah. I, and I think that goes to, they want to equate him with a wolf. And, you know. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And really uh, right after that, we go to a high school somewhere in America <laughs> being attended by one Scott Summers. Of indeterminate age. Yeah. I dig this little inclusion in the movie. I like it. I have questions about where he got Ruby Quartz sunglasses <laughs> prior to meeting Professor X. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know who got those for him yeah. or how they knew it would work. Fair point. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I think it's a fun scene. It's oh. one of the rare allusions or, or connections to the first movie that like checks out timeline wise, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If this is like the mid 80s. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the actor playing Scott in this one? Or- he's okay. I think he's pretty good. He does, he does a lot with little, mm-hmm. I think. So mm-hmm. I got to give him up for that. I, I think he might be a little too old. Yeah. Unless Cyclops is supposed to be older than James Marsden was when he played him um mm. i mean you know james marsden kind of ageless in that paul rudd way so like wolverine yeah so it's it's like yeah I, I guess he could have been playing 30 at at 20 just like he could still be playing 30 at like 45 <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, so. yeah old donut lord <laughs> right exactly no one knows he could be fresh out of college for all we know <laughs> the dude's immortal i don't get it <laughs> Uh, L- Logan, where's where's Will I Am and Blob? Where are they? They are I don't, in yeah. 
shit. They're in a boxing gym. Yeah, yeah I know they're case. in a gym, I, but I don't remember their Physically, lo- the I don't location. know where they're located. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting that those are the two that, like, stayed friends. <laughs> or Will I Am was like, well, I gotta look after this dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got an eating disorder, and I'm the only one who can yeah. help. So, <laughs> they kind of, Logan, <laughs> Logan and Will I Am have, like, a heart-to-heart where it's like, we did things, man. Like, we had to... This is where they start piecing together that after Logan left, their job was, like, rounding up mutants right. for Striker, And they all responded to that tremendous guilt in different ways. Right. And it's kind of one of the only times the movie attempts to do anything resembling what the earlier movies were doing mm-hmm. in terms of, like, mutants struggling with their place in their world, mm-hmm. their community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the blob. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's there is there is a way to have done this that isn't so '80s action movie as much as cool as some of those moments can be. <laughs> if you had like taken the time and really done that character study that Hugh Jackman wanted in this, you could have done a story about people who are of, different, who or, or who different aren't. who are hunting the, the the people that they are to get away. Well, if I do this, I'll be okay. Yeah, you know. And like they won't hunt me, I won't. Uh, you know, I'll be safe. And there's what? like there's lots of cultures throughout history who have done shit like that. Yeah, where people kind of choosing self preservation over selflessness. Right. Yeah, over their own their own kind or or yeah. you know whatever that means. Could highlight like what makes something like what Charles Xavier is doing so special. Right. Yeah. In the world. The other side so, is is him creating a refuge for for all these mutants that don't know where to go. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's a there is a subtle version of this movie that 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 <laughs> yeah. could exist yeah. and you know and i think will i am is like, again doing solid work of playing the guilt but kind of knowing what movie he's in he's like okay they do want something kind of more commando actiony but all his scenes are, are very natural he has a very natural way of delivering this dialogue that feels like a real character it doesn't feel like he's yeah. acting it doesn't and i don't know if this is just will i am being will i am i don't know what yeah. his normal speaking yeah i don't know he's kind of doing like a drawl yeah he's doing yeah like a southern drawl i really appreciate one. that is he is he in a lot of stuff after this unfortunately i don't think he is ah oh, man he's so good he is he, good yeah yeah his chemistry with hugh jackman's really good too. yeah he's low-key one of the better parts of this and i think yeah. he gets overshadowed by lev schreiber rightfully so because yeah. lev schreiber's amazing sure. in this because well, he's so underplayed yeah he's, he's very, not even a big character he's super casual just super I don't know. He's 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 just really like chill and yeah. good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Effortless. That's mm-hmm. what it is. He he feels effortless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's the one who kind of breaks it to what's 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 the what's Kevin Durant's real name? Fred Dukes. Fred Dukes. Dukes. Yeah. Yeah. The Fred Dukes. Like Fred Dukes, which I sounds like like a like a white supremacist like like, like David. Duke. Yeah, David. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's Fred, what I'm uh, of, yes. the asshole, yeah. uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Exactly. Wow. Those are the two. Those are the Fred two Phelps, things that yeah. were merging in Fred my Phelps. head. I was yep. like, this Fred Dukes. Why does this sound like the most evil person yep. that could ever exist? Like a, like a bad guy in a Fallout game. Yeah. Yeah. Or how, uh, no, what's the one where you're always after a dude and you're on an island? Uh, oh, Far Cry. Far Cry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was like, Fred Dukes, this sounds like a son mm. of a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> so, Kevin Durand is in this like crazy <laughs> fat suit that looks expensive, I'll say. So it's not bad quality. Well, I think it does look expensive. I, I still don't think it looks great. Okay. But, yeah. but I, so, so here's my issue with this. So Blob isn't fat, it's his mutant power. Right. He's not, he's not the Blob because he overeats. It's not the blob because of his diet. He's, the, I mean, granted, some writers will do that where it's like where an artist will like draw him he, like, like he, oh, he has to because cheesy he's, poofs or yeah. something. Yeah. But like, 
you know, for the fat jokes because lowest common denominator bullshit. Yeah. But the but the fact is that's not the reason why he's a big dude. He's a big dude because that's his mutant power because of the immovable object thing. He needs that counterweight, right? That's why he's such a big dude. But it's not it's the mutant gene. Yeah, it's the mutant gene. It's not fat. It's it's whatever it's, I, his mutant power is. I you could know? see. I, the, I think the better version of the blob is a guy that got heavy because he didn't have to put it forth any effort. Because you can't yeah. move him. He doesn't have to. If he doesn't want to move, he's not going to. So he could just lay around and just consume yeah. calories and never have to burn a single calorie because he's not mm. exerting any effort, you know, to sure. move himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like there's, there could be a way to show how, like, you know, you look, go to like a sumo match. Yeah. And those guys are such incredible athletes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, showing that, like, oh, yeah, you can be this, like, big dude, like, fat dude, and still be, like, formidable. Yeah. Right. And, and not just, like, joke after joke after joke. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Wolverine starts like like roasting him. <laughs> yeah, in, in a way that we've never seen. Yeah, this guy. well, and the I, tattoo I, I, joke of you know she was eighty five so pounds. Tat- our last saw her. Now you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Will I am is like, hey, just so you know, like, don't <laughs> don't talk about it. Just be cool. Like, hey, <laughs> first thing he does right out the yeah. gate, nice tattoo. And what then is- and then he says, "Bub," and he's like, "Did you say yeah. Bob? And I was like, "That's the worst." This is a <laughs> this is this is a movie full of bad writing. That is the worst writing in the movie. That one, that's change. bad. Yeah, it's real bad. Well, I gotta say, I like what Kevin Durant is doing. Like once he once the fight yeah. happens and and they actually get to talk. Like I think yeah. he's doing a good job. You know, yeah. just the heart to heart of like what the island is all about and the yeah. guilt he has. Yeah. I just wish I just wish that the fat suit wasn't designed. Mm. For comedy, to look gross, to yeah. look gross, yeah. to be like something out of Nutty Professor. You okay. know, I yeah. wish it was meant to make him look formidable. Where it's like it's it's not like a it's not like a joke that he's this big. It's like as soon as you see him, you're like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Like oh, that- Wolverine can't do Wolverine <laughs> stuff to this guy. Yeah, yeah. right. Like it, it should be like an instant. Oh, this is going to be funny or whatever you think that this is going to be, and then you see him and you're like, what? Oh my god. It's like, kind of like a fat it, like, bastard type effect. Yeah. Yes. Fat bastard is a perfect yes. Yeah. And it's perfect. And the the decision uh, to like you said Scott, the decision to make the the weight gain him. Yeah. Right. But then to have him look ridiculous. Yes. Like is like yeah, wearing you know, it, clothes that are too small. Yeah, it feels like an yeah. Austin Powers movie. Yes. And yeah, yeah I it really know, does yeah. feel like 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 he should be like chasing Wolverine around saying like, get in my belly. Like, (laughs) like that it's, it's that level of, it's interesting how far away we've gotten from the, the first movie where they were so obsessed with grounding all of these characters and reality. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. If this is just, it's there, there's good stuff in this. I don't, I don't blame Kevin Duran. I, I just blame everyone involved in deciding <laughs> that this should be a comedic beat. Yeah. Um, from, from scripting to Gavin Hood to the producers, I think everyone involved made a huge mistake. <laughs> uh, Sabretooth visits Scott in high school. Scott in uh, Alan Grant cosplay. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. He's, yeah. He looks, when he's on the chase, he looks a lot like Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah, he does. The optic blast going through the high school roof yeah. looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you think? I, 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 it always bugs me when they don't know what the difference in concussive blasts and lasers yeah. are with, with yeah. in in relation to Scott Summers. He doesn't have this laser beams. 
yeah, this movie's oops all heat vision. Yeah. Like that, like everything in this is like, you know, it's turning things hot. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do that. And in the making of for the first X-Men movie, there was interviews with special effects artists who were like, yeah, no, it's a, it's a concussive blast. Mm-hmm. And we took a lot of, of care to be like, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't melt the outlining of a roof or a building. It would like just burst it through. And it's like seeing how none of that care was brought over to this one. Right. It's just indicative of a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It really the best is. description of his powers I I remember, and I think it's on the back of one of those trading cards. It says that his powers work like he could punch a hole in the in a mountain. So it, it kind of describes like it 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 is just a it's a force, not a not a laser. So right, yeah, yeah. Uh, we cut back to Stryker, and we find out that this is kind of like when we we see that Logan's like choice was really more of an illusion. Mm-hmm. that this was orchestrated he didn't like quote ask for this the way that he kind of thinks that he did right now right but blob gives him the whereabouts to someone who was part of this island that they went to that where mutants are being experimented on mm-hmm. only one mutant has escaped and his name is remy lebeau and he's hiding out in the bourbon district of new orleans louisiana and that's where logan goes to meet taylor kitsch our second john carter of mars alum yeah in this movie oh right yeah after lynn collins so so gambit had been almost in a, a few of these fan yeah. favorite x-man yeah so i don't know if you guys remember this at the time but taylor kitsch was not the uh first choice for this character they wanted uh, a homeboy from lost yeah josh uh, holloway oh yeah josh yeah. holloway wow um and and josh holloway was like hell yeah i'm gonna play gambit let's do <laughs> yeah. this Read the script is like never mind, no thank you, <laughs> and then and and then backed out, yeah. and then they had to get Taylor Kitsch last minute, which is why Taylor Kitsch's accent is so bad. He got he was cast like a week before shooting. I mean, he had zero time to prepare, and so he has. I I I can't even really describe what his accent is, but it's it's a it's much more of a Texas accent than it is anything. It's not even really. A southern accent. It's certainly not a Cajun mm. accent. Um, it's like a Texas accent saying things that a Cajun person would say. Okay, yeah. Um, it's very strange. Do you think Dominic Monaghan was like, "Oh, Josh, are you not? Are you not doing Wolverine Oranges anymore, mate?" <laughs> oh man, <laughs> oh, script's fucking terrible. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I I would imagine so. But uh, it's yeah, uh, it's it, it's a real bummer because like yeah, Gambit is such a fun colorful character mm-hmm. and he just seems very like birds of like, not not the cool birds of prey like upn birds of prey right. yes you know right yeah yeah definitely mm. um, oh so so will i am and 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 wolverine they go to <laughs> i love saying that they go to the bar <laughs> and and he sees william sees remy gambit do like card levitating yeah yeah and he was like cool trick and i'm like that's not what he does right the, the <laughs> right. card the cards are incidental right Right, right, yeah. yeah. No, it's the, the, the best use of his powers in this movie is when he flips in the air and then Charges hits the ground the with his staff, and then the concussive yeah. blast comes out from that. That's what he does. That's much more closer to what he does, because he can exchange energy yeah. from like one object to another. Right? I, I think they call his powers pyrokinesis, I think. And so I think yeah, okay. if they if someone got that tidbit of information who was writing this and thought, well, kine- kinesis means it can move stuff, right? 
you know. Yeah, so I that's think that's true. probably that's how he ends up being able to, you know, manipulate yeah. the cards that way. I guess. But, oh yeah, yeah. it works. Yeah. And, like, and like, oh, look fire? at any look at any cover with Gambit on it, and he's got he's he's got a halo of cards around him. That's so very true. You know, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Somebody hears pyrokinesis and they're like, oh, okay, telekinesis right. and right. pyro, right. like control yeah. fire. Yeah. That's what it okay. is, right? And then qualm, qualm retracted. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you, you're not, it's not correct. Yeah, no, like, that's not what his powers <laughs> are. Yeah. But there is precedence. Yeah. That's what yeah. We're saying. Sure. Their scene is just like a not great YouTube fan film. Yeah. I, I think this chunk of the movie shouldn't be here i think when when logan finds out about the island it should kind of cut to him getting to the island i don't think we need this added oh now we gotta go collect remy lebeau you know that's just (laughs) another step that is completely unnecessary in this in this movie but so their fight gambit and wolverine go out into the hallway (laughs) or the an alleyway i should say and they kind of get into it, but then Sabretooth interrupts yeah. it. Yeah. Don't you hate when a then, fight gets interrupted by a fight? And then Gambit interrupts their fight. <laughs> yep. Because, like, Logan's about to kill Victor, and then he does the cool... He's, he's kind of like a Final Fantasy character mm. in this one. <laughs> he kind of is, yeah. Like, aesthetically and... Yeah. Uh, but then they decide to team... We do get, like, the crazy ladder thing that, I talked, that we talked about. Yeah. I think that's the low mm-hmm. point of this movie, is him destroying that uh, fire escape. Because it looks so yeah. bad. Like space I, jam. I also really hate I mean I'm glad that we didn't get like a screen accurate gambit and this is who it was this is what it was. But but at the same time it does really frustrate me that he has a black leather coat instead yeah. of like a brown like a brown trench coat. Uh it really bothers me. <laughs> it really, really does. It's just like the most egregious, like what do you expect? Yellow spandex kind of move. <laughs> yeah. Um to like, be honest, like when you said Len Weissman earlier, like that made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. we cut back to Stryker. We're introduced to Weapon Eleven, mm-hmm. just kind of. Well, when you see his son right right before that, you get the oh, they frost yeah. defrost the glass, and his son's there, just hammering that home. Is this where he uh, he murders the general? Does that happen yet? After explaining the what the Deadpool is, uh, or. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. He's called. Yeah, Weapon Eleven is all of the powers. Yeah. Like Sabretooth has been taking the blood of every X Force person that he's been killing, mm-hmm. and and he's calling it the Deadpool, the mutant killer. Right? Yeah, um, and he uses the, the most- my favorite line from uh, Blade. You know that that he's got all of their strengths and none of their weaknesses. Yeah, I love that yeah. quote. I love that line. It's one of my favorite lines from any movie. You know, it's very <laughs> anytime it shows up. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the worst thing that they could have done is have this be Deadpool. I mean, why did it need to be Deadpool? I, why couldn't it be just like we- just make Weapon Eleven and just have it be a thing? Like I don't know. Oh, whatever. is Deadpool not part of the Weapon X program? No, he, he is. is. He he is. But like, this isn't what happens to him. You know uh, what I mean? Okay. Like, what happens to him is what we see in Deadpool in yeah. the movie Deadpool. Oh, okay, I'm gonna disagree with you. Yeah, I like the decision to pour all of these powers into one person and make this killer. Because no, no, it's not Deadpool. It's not you know anything like what we would have expected or wanted for for Deadpool. But in this movie, it makes sense to give him the eye I blasts. I, and, just to be clear, I didn't say I had an issue oh. with that. My issue is that it's Deadpool. Okay, that that yeah, the, the forced explanation of like this is oh. Deadpool in this universe. 
okay. is stupid. Why it could just be a guy, a random yeah. wep- weapon X this program. Really feels, thing, this almost feels you know? a lot like Street Fighter the movie, mm-hmm. where like standalone taking away all of the x-men of it which is mm-hmm. stupid because it's a prequel it it does kind of have this like oh we're taking these things from the comics but making it into what we need for this like singular movie yeah because mm. i think i think actually making this agent zero would make a lot more sense because then it's like oh my right hand man who was always there always supported me I betray you first. Mm. Like I betray you and then you make turn you into a monster. Yeah. That's what that's what's gonna happen. Uh, yeah. That's what happens when you are trust on, humans. Yeah, when you trust Striker. Yeah. You know, well, that's kinda why yeah, I, I think it should have been Wade as his right hand man from the start. Get rid of the sure. Agent Zero uh, character. But, yeah. That's a good yeah. yeah. But in this movie, I think <laughs> it may, would have made more sense for this to be um, Agent Zero, not Wade. Oh, uh, um, so either either way, yeah. either way, it would have been <laughs> yeah. better. Yeah, like either he's his partner from the beginning, is like right hand man for the beginning, yeah. Wade, or he's not, and this this dude at the end is Agent Zero. Yeah, I think either one of those choices would have been a stronger choice. Uh, Logan and uh, Gambit travel via plane, small plane, to the island of the mutant island. We uh, get a call back to Wolverine being afraid of flying, which mm-hmm. I think is introduced and then never called back. Yeah. In this movie. Right. Uh, Wolverine lands. He sneaks on board. He gets into the compound and we, he, he runs into Stryker and we get the reveal that Kayla is alive. Right. And a spy. Right. Yeah. And this is a super crazy moment <laughs> where she's about to like, she can see on her face. She's like, no, Logan. And then <laughs> Stryker like half opens his jacket. And you see like the handle of a gun. Yeah. It's like, oh. like he would just like, shoot her as soon as he it's i don't know it, it was this is it's a it's a weird turn yeah this entire third act we're like in the third act of the movie now and and honestly like i think this whole third act is a mess yeah there there's something in there could have been like it gave me like casino royale a little bit right of like oh his first heartbreak mm. right his, yeah. his first betrayal sure. why, why he's so distant but then they don't they muddy that before the end of the movie. Well, yeah, because it, it ultimately doesn't matter because he got, gets amnesia anyway. Right, so yeah. it's like, whatever. He retains none of this. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I think ultimately that's the problem with this movie. Like, he should have gotten amnesia at the beginning. And, and then this is like the first few, you know, like the first few weeks of him, like, trying to figure out who and what he is. Oh, here you, you know? go. You... He wants to leave the X-Force at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's walking away. And maybe he says, you know, Wade, and he just gets shot in the back of the head. He drops like yeah. a, you know, and then you cut to 60 years later, maybe, or some some reason that they need to come back to him, you know, and get him back involved to hunt down right. Victor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, the, the whole adamantium bullet thing is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's so idiotic. Like plot um, bullets. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, this will kill him. And it's like, no, it won't. It'll just. Like not heal properly. Yeah. Like that's that's it. That's yeah. all that it's his brain do. will heal around a bullet, and he'll yeah. probably be weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we get round two, Victor and Logan, and it's another solid fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they're both they're both in fine form. Uh, I like that Victor's motivation. You find out this whole time he wants the adamantium. He wants to be superior. Like that's yeah. it. You know, but it yeah. it 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 enrages him. To be told that you wouldn't survive the process, you're not as 
you know, strong. strong. Yeah. 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 I, I like yeah. that aspect for sure. Yeah. He almost, he gets the opportunity to kill Victor, but he can't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't like, I don't like that it feels like it's more because Kayla is like, don't do it, Logan. Don't be. Yeah. And then that's why it should be because that's his brother. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I wish they would have done the the visual that, you, that we've seen in the comics where he does kind of the uppercut with two blades on either side of his head. And I think mm. in the comics, even he does kill Sabretooth at one point, not death doesn't mm. matter in comics. <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't pop the middle claw and Sabretooth taunts him and says, you can't do it. You can't do it. And then he does. He does kill Sabretooth in that moment anyways. Um, here, I think you could at least do the two claws on the side and then maybe he backs off and doesn't do it but speaking of middle claw has he done that yet he did it to agent zero that's what a weird because that's uh, now it's just like something that he does a lot no because he had the metal ones at that point oh he does it to gambit before he jumps out of the plane i think that's something like that yeah yeah okay yeah yeah wolverine does what he does best saves a bunch of kids yep Yep. And we get we get what I think is the funniest explanation of like, how are we going to explain that Cyclops meets Wolverine, but doesn't know who Wolverine <laughs> is? And it's like, oh, we're just going to blindfold him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll just blindfold him the whole time. <laughs> it's just it's so funny. I don't no, know. No, for sure. No, it's like, <laughs> we meet Emma Frost. Yeah. Uh, not named. Yeah. Not named. Very yeah. true. Not a bad. Uh, not, I, th- I think the actress playing Emma, Emma is doing pretty good. Yeah, Again, I like, think I think yeah. she's better than January Jones, which we'll get in the next movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the first of like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. No. Of like yeah. January Jones in the '60s, <laughs> this little girl in the '80s. Yeah, what? That was again, it, and it's not yeah. this movie's fault. No, you know that's bad decision no. making on on your next crew, but. Right. The, the effect of, yeah. of her diamonds is real bad because it looks like her skin is covered in small diamonds instead right. of her skin turning into diamond. diamond. And I, right. it's a little thing, but and I don't remember how the effect looks in first class. So, um, yeah, we'll talk. I think they have. Well, I, you know what? I was going to say they had more time, but I don't think that's true. Mm. Oh, OK. <laughs> uh, I yeah. Oh, and I got kind of a geeky kick out of seeing young emma and young cyclops teaming up yeah mm-hmm. yep me that too was, that was cool me too um yeah uh we get the reveal the weapon 11 reveal <laughs> one of the most infamous parts of this movie mm-hmm. in like film geek <laughs> superhero geek fandom uh they took away the mouth of uh, the <laughs> merc of the mouth <laughs> yep but in that yep. moment when you you first see him that's just phantom menace when uh Darth up. Maul yeah. shows up like that's this is this is just Phantom Menace. Well, there's a lot of that in this movie, actually. <laughs> yeah. Of like of like scenes that are just totally cribbed from other action movies or or moments from other movies. Almost like Gavin Hood was using it as shorthand, and then everyone making the movie was just like, yeah, I guess the French guy just wants us to rip that off, so oh, let's do yeah. that, and then they just do. You know, it does end with a two on one like Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Striker finally found a way to shut you up. Ugh. God, just like we all wanted, just like we all wanted. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then this fight happens, and it's <laughs> it's formidable. I guess yeah. it is what it is. Tactically, I don't know why Wolf, uh, Logan goes to the top of this tower. Right. He, he says you don't have room to dance up here, but he's proven wrong instantly. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, there's like individual moments that are cool, but yeah. it's like, and then that's intercut with Scott with being like, we have to go this way. And Emma's like, no, why? And he's like, I just have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. I just have a voice in my head telling me. And then the reveal that it's, it's Professor X. Yep. And they're going to be the first team of X-Men. Yes. <laughs> assuming. Right? Yeah. It'll be the first class. Yeah. The first class. Yeah. Stay tuned, folks. Cyclops, um, Emma Frost, and a bunch of randos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that the Victor and Logan team up fight. I like that they realize, okay, back to back. That's our that's our move. And yeah. it's a callback. They don't call it out, but when they are fighting in Vietnam, about to be when oh, shit right. gets heavy, they they form back to back and they don't I don't think yeah. they say it then, but this is a nice callback to an unspoken yeah. moment earlier that and that's a really good moment in the opening thing because it's kind of the first choice. Yeah. Where as a viewer, I kind of half thought Wolverine was going to take, but no, he chooses Victor and he like fights off his his fellow yeah. soldiers. Um, yeah. So that was kind of cool. I, I Okay. So what happens is Wolverine slides down the reactor yep. and makes his claws white hot. Yeah. And that's how he's able to slice. No, he was deflecting okay. the optic blast. Okay. Yes. For so long, he has- like he was just able to just you know put them together and deflect yeah. the blast. That's for so long. The, yeah. the optic blast in one of the worst moments of this sequence. <laughs> okay. That starts to go off and turns Deadpool's face into his mask. Yeah. With the with the diamond eyes. Oh, oh. I missed that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It makes like black marks, like black diamond marks on his eyes. Got it. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> decapitates yep. Deadpool. Um, I, I, I'm, does, excuse my question. Okay. So, so, so Silver Sable is shot. <laughs> Silver Fox. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Silver Sable. <laughs> that's a, that's a Spider-Man character. Okay, yeah. Cool. Uh, she dies. Mm-hmm. And. Again. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so my question is, does Wolverine ever remember all of this? No. Okay. Like no. yeah. when he dies in Logan, he's like, Kayla. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think he remembers any of it. Yeah. That's so. that's my other that's my other problem with it is like I think it's more interesting if we know that he and Kayla had a relationship, but then he loses his memory and then when he's reunited with Kayla later and she's like a traitor, it's like it's it's like he knows her because of the new memories, mm-hmm. but like not, you know, like so that yeah, yeah, so that it means something later on. Because the problem is this whole movie doesn't matter. Right. Because he gets shot in the head with an adamantium bullet, loses his memories in the last three minutes of the movie. Yeah. And so now everything we watch, he has no memory of. And it's like Yeah. Gambit okay. says like we better we gotta get out of here, you know, before they catch you for what for what you did to this place. So he knows yeah. that he wrecked this facility, I guess, but Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, he he looks down at Kayla, and he's like, "I don't know who this is." And that could be tragic for the audience. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like it. It the movie literally just ends. <laughs> yeah. It, it it like on a wide shot of Wolverine running away from the police. Yeah. On on so on Disney Plus we have two of the post credit scenes. We yeah. have um we have Striker walking until his feet bleed, and then keep walk continuing to walk, and then we have the Deadpool. The reveal that Deadpool's still alive. Yeah. He says, shush. Um, he shushes us, the so, audience. But there's a third one. Oh, cool. There's a third post credit scene yeah. that is not here. They shot three, and depending on where you saw it and when, you would get one of the three post credit scenes. Disney Plus has two of them. The one they don't have 
is Wolverine drinking at a bar, drinking heavily, somebody walking up and being like, yo, what are you doing? Uh, drinking to forget? And he goes, no, I'm drinking to remember. And then that's it. That's the... What? Yeah, that's the that's the post credits. I'm I'm glad I never saw that one. I saw the Deadpool one in theater. Mm. Um, I think I got the Striker one. See, I thought one I, I thought that one was always there. The mid oh, credit right? with Striker. Okay, then maybe maybe it's just the Wolverine one or the Deadpool. I one think thing. that yeah, I think they they okay. had the two optional or whatever. Because I saw I saw the Wolverine one in theater. Okay, so that's the one I saw. The Striker the one, one is utterly meaningless yes yeah well actually my question okay so so he's walking maybe americans uh-huh maybe canadians yeah stop and they're like are you colonel striker uh you're you you murdered a general you like ran him through with a spear <laughs> and my question is how the how the hell does this guy still have access to the white house like how does he become secretary of defense right. in the x2 no idea huh yeah. <laughs> no idea whatsoever. Well, and it's also like Gambit's a moron because like earlier, so like he he shows up and he's like, hey man, like we got to get out of here. And, and Wolverine's like, what? Who are you? Who am I? What's my name? And he's like, your name's Logan. He's like, oh, okay. And then they, he's like, you got to come with me. Trust me. And then they walk away. So Gambit immediately accepting that this guy has amnesia apparently. And then, and then they walk a few steps. They see Silver Fox dead. And he's like, and he was like, do you know that lady? And I was like, he has amnesia. He doesn't know anything. You fucking moron. Like we just established this. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, it's uh, it's not good. It's mm. not good. It's one of the uh, like weakest final 10 minutes of any movie I think I've ever seen. It's rough. It's rough. Just really like, oh shit, the movie's almost over. <laughs> uh, shoot him in the head with an animation yeah. bullet. So he loses memory. <laughs> Make him forget. Yeah. Oh man. God. Yeah, big missed opportunity, I think. Yeah. And also, they just opened them up for like all of the reviews that came out when this movie came out and was just like, I wish after seeing Wol- X Men right. Origins Wolverine, I wish I could have been <laughs> shot in the head with an adamantium bullet. It was like every review, <laughs> like oh, every man. critic was like, ha I'm so clever. <laughs> and it was like, there's like 50 of you saying the wow. same thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and I guess kind of like teeing us up for, for next week going into first class. This was like the second disappointment in a row, right? Mm. And neither of these movies bombed by any means. Like Last Stand was like the biggest one yet, and no. this one I think made like three hundred million worldwide. Worldwide, but but, uh, but domestic it made one hundred and seventy five on one hundred and fifty. So not okay. Okay. huge, yeah. not great. Almost kind of mirroring how the series, the comic book series, would almost seem on the brink of irre- irrelevance. Yeah. Or like, do we even want these anymore? <laughs> right, totally. And then totally. boom, yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah, that was uh, that was the thing. And it was like, I think it's it's you know, I'm not going to say I wasn't entertained watching it. I think that there's a part where it sags, like right around when they go to New Orleans, basically until Victor shows up at Weapon X <laughs> yeah. in the third act. That whole bit where we're revealing that silver fox is alive and all of that is very saggy and i'm like mm. this movie's an hour and 45 minutes there should be no grizzle on this. no this should be 15 um, minutes shorter yeah 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 uh unfortunately so uh, but in general you know i sure. don't i don't i don't hate the movie i think it's unfortunate what happened to it i really wish tom rothman wasn't in charge when these movies were getting made and in retrospect i really do think 
that if if Zack Snyder ha- if Zack Snyder had made this, this would be a much better movie. And also, I especially wish that James Mangold. I mean, you got Liev Shriver from Kate and Leopold. <laughs> Why not bring in your buddy James yeah. Mangold as well? He could have made this instead of Night and Day, which is what he made at the same time. Did he really? The, yeah, the Tom Cruise. Huh, I didn't uh, know that was Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz okay. movie. Yeah, huh, yeah, that's James Diaz. Mangold. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So he could have he could have made this instead of that. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone would have missed missed out on James yeah. Mangold's Night and Day. I think that movie probably would have gotten made regardless. Yeah, that would have been a Brett Ratner. Sure. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. But anyway. yeah. Uh. Thanks, Travis. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. yeah. Closing closing thoughts on Wolverine revisiting it this time. No, like I said at the at the start, I had fun watching it this time around. Um. I'm I'm but I'm at that point in my life like I'm just I'm okay with going back into these movies and just having a good mm-hmm. time you know yeah I'm not yeah. worried about like because they they don't have to stand up to the hype or the expectation right. you know so yeah that's true I right. mean like when in '09 this was like we would get maybe one or two superhero yeah. things mm-hmm. a year yeah and we're we're so we have so much now to choose from that yeah. i think we can maybe accept things for what they are yeah there was a lot there was a lot hanging on them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or it's like when one comes out and it's a disappointment it's a huge disappointment because it's just like well when's the next one right coming? when's the next thing coming that's, out like that's why i now? love uh avengers age of ultron so much it's a it's mm. such a good movie uh removed from the anticipation of being the next avengers movie because sure, it had to live sure. up to being coming after the avengers you know yeah it doesn't have to now and it's it's a great movie you know i think i think that happens a lot i think you know movies when they come out people are like oh this is they just get savaged and then as time goes by they just become part of the canon yeah it's like it's like what happened to return of the jedi it's like everybody really didn't like that movie when it came out yeah and then you know, as time goes by, you just accept it's like, oh, yeah, Return of the Jedi. It's the third Star yeah. Wars movie. Like, I think the same thing's going to be said about Wonder Woman 84. Like, I think it was an OK sequel in time. I think it'll be it'll be totally fine. You know? Yeah. 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 I think we all get more accepting of things in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Wolverine. Yeah. Just like Wolverine. Um. Anyway, thank you again for joining us, Travis. My pleasure. Uh, do you want to do you want to plug your show? Yeah. Um. I can be found regularly over on uh, Real Comic Heroes, where we go through a huge list of comic book movies in release order. We started in 1951 with Superman and the Mole Men, and as of this recording, we're in 1995. We just did uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell, and we have Tank Girl coming up. Classic. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my my uh ongoing show real comic heroes and then soon i have uh marvel events timeline where kind of similar format we're going back to the start of marvel which was timely comics at that point and examining um the the events that led to to marvel and and so we started with namor and human torch and we're moving forward um just like real comic heroes and we'll go we'll talk about um every event in order so nice wow nice yeah very cool all right well uh everybody listening to this thank you for listening to another episode of franchiseography uh check us out on patreon duelinggenre.com slash support uh for as little as three dollars a month you can support this show and you can gain access to tons of bonus content including our patreon uh, uh franchise potential show where we talk about 
a movie that was supposed to be a franchise that didn't become a franchise, and we analyze it and talk about why that may not have happened and maybe whether or not it should have. And we've done Super Mario Brothers from 1993, and we definitely have plans for more. Those hit Patreon the same day as our Between Episodes. So when you get a Between Episode, there will be a uh, a bonus franchise potential show on the Patreon feed. So check that out. That is duelinggenre.com slash support. Look in the show notes, hit the link, join the Discord, follow us on Twitter for all of the franchiseography polls to vote on what franchise we're going to cover next. And of course, share your X-Men franchise memories with us. Your X-Men memories. Your X-Men memories. Franchiseography at duelinggenre.com. Email us there and uh, we will uh, read your X-Men franchise memories on our next between episode coming at the end of this miniseries. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.